Hey everybody, Adam Ray for the About Last Night podcast. How the hell are you? Hope you're doing well. Um, man, great week so far. Good shows, good podcasts. Uh, new episode of the Return of the Mac was last night. I uh, hope you enjoyed that. Um, got some other exciting news on the horizon that I can't share yet, but it's exciting. Uh, hope you guys are doing well, and uh, and hope you're enjoying the pod. We got so many so many great episodes coming up. It's really we sometimes Brad and I get in a rhythm where we backlog a bunch, and uh, we're recording quite a few in the next few weeks. So uh, pretty exciting. Uh, today's episode, holy shit! Been trying to get this one for almost two years because he's one of the best comics in the game, one of the best storytellers in the game. Uh, you know him from his recent Showtime special, The Machine. You know him from Conan, Letterman, Birth the Conqueror on Travel Channel. Uh, you know him from the goddamn Comedy Jam on Comedy Central. He just performed with Scott Stapp a few weeks ago. Uh, he's one of the best. He's a comics comic, a solid dude. Uh, he has his own podcast, Birdcast, which you can get on iTunes. You got to listen to it. It's so good. Uh, he's just a, a kind of a walking legend, and uh, his stories today are unreal. And uh, and he's a dad as well, just a, an entrepreneur and an all around great dude. I'm talking about the one and only Bert Kreischer. Bert motherfucking Kreischer. Uh, this episode was so fun. We actually did this one. Look, we've been trying to get Bert for two years almost, just going back and forth. Schedules not matching up, and uh, and we were Brad was texting with him. And he uh, was nearby uh, one of the comedy clubs, and Brad and I were having a, uh, uh, a meeting about our uh, show that we're trying to pitch. And I had a laptop, and it was, he was like, I can do it now. So we, we did it guerrilla style in the basement of a comedy club. So it's got that cool, echoey, raw feeling to it. And uh, we were just pumped to get it, man. It had been so long. We've been trying to do it. And, uh, and timing is everything. And the fact that we were all in the same area and we could just knock it out guerrilla style in this basement was, uh, was really cool. You know, it, it had a, a total comedy vibe to the whole situation. Just, uh, just us three and... Uh, and a laptop, so uh, it was a lot of fun. You guys are gonna love it. Uh, enjoy the hell out of this episode. Tweet at Bert. Let him know you you enjoyed him on the pod. Also, watch his special, The Machine, on Showtime. It's it's one of the best specials I've seen in a long time. The stories, the uh, the personal uh, anecdotes. It's uh, it's really phenomenal. So follow Bert on Twitter at Bert Kreischer. That's K R E I S C H R. Follow me on Twitter at Adam Ray Comedy at Funny Brad at Alan Podcast at Alan Podcast on Instagram at Bert Kreischer on Instagram Adam Ray comedy on instagram uh brad williams comic on instagram uh this weekend brad is in portland oregon at the helium comedy club thursday through saturday uh get your tickets at bradwilliamscomedy.com i am in la uh uh no well tonight i'm not tonight i'm in seattle holy shit at the triple door uh with michael rapaport and sean kemp for the i am rapaport stereo podcast if you haven't seen it go to uh Go to, uh, I'm sorry, listen to it. Go to uh, iTunes, get the I Am Rappaport Stereo Podcast, and come see me and, and Rappaport tonight with Sean Kemp at the Triple Door, 7.30. Doors are at 6.30, shows at 7.30. Uh, tickets at IamRappaportTour.com. Uh, and then Saturday, I'm at the Laugh Factory, uh, I think, and the Comedy Store. And then Sunday, I'm at a show in Marina Del Rey. All that info at AdamRayTV.com. Next week, Brad and I in Las Vegas at the Crapshoot Comedy Festival, May 18th through the 20th. CrapshootComedyFestival.com for tickets. That Saturday, May 20th, we're doing a live about last night with Chris Porter, Beth Stelling, and Ryan Sickler. You don't want to miss that. That's at 5 o'clock at the El Cortez in Las Vegas. Um, all my other tour dates at my website. Check them out, AboutLastNightPodcast.com for all your merch, shirts, and hats. And uh, and subscribe and rate and comment on the iTunes page. Helps us climb the charts. That five-star rating and comment is much appreciated, and we appreciate the love. And, uh, and, and yeah, 
Again, I always just run out at the end like I think that's it. Well, that is it. So now that we got the tour dates out of the way, the Twitter handles, the merch info, the return of the Mac info, every Wednesday's 8.30 on Pop TV. Sit back, relax, and enjoy a brand new episode of the About Last Night podcast with the one and only Bert Kreischer. Well, the weekend's over, so it's time to chat about it. Got a midget and a juice, so why don't you sit down and... No, uh, I try to exp- I, I try to explain to people where they're like, "Oh man, the road must suck." I'm like, actually, the road is where I am the calmest. I'm so not stressed on the road. It's fucking ridiculous. yeah, because you can't do anything. Yeah, is this me? Yep. Yeah. Be- you can wear or not wear. Some people don't like that. I like wearing them. But me it's too. So funny. I don't. I don't have them for my podcast. Like, there's a lot of things I like about podcasts that I don't do myself. Do you know, I'm going to tell you the new, I'll tell you wait till we're recording. Yeah, we are going. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. The thing I want to start doing. And you can um, move that however you want. If, you're, if yeah. our eyeline's fucked, yeah. No, 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 I like this. Yeah, uh, I like looking right down the barrel between your eyes. The, the thing I was going to do the other day, I have Mark Norman. Um, yeah. I have, it's, it's airing this week. So funny. I got to edit it today. Mark Norman's really fucking funny. Yeah. He told me a story that made me piss myself laughing about he ran out of money and, uh, and uh, and he was he was, he couldn't pay his water bill or his or his light bill. Nope, and he was broke, and he, all he had was cold water. And his boss said he smelled bad, so he's like, "Fuck, I gotta take a horse bath." So he <laughs> takes a pot and boils water, and then scrubs with that with that warm water because it's the middle of winter. Oh, and then man. halfway through, looks down and the, so the lights are out, and he's like, "Fuck!" His <laughs> roommate had made uh, stovetop stuffing, and that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he just covered it. Oh my god! So man, but I want to do this new thing on my podcast because the whole thing is like getting people keeping up that very beginning. I want them to sit through the ads. I want to make sure they listen to the ads. Yeah, and I I want them to enjoy the very beginning of my podcast. So one of the things I was going to do is right when I hit record, go so you fucked Amy Schumer, (laughs) and then start it that way, dude. Because everyone's going to react differently, and then yeah, and some people are going to yes and it, and some people are going to go whoa 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 first. I was going to do it to Nick Thune, like just hit record (laughs) so. So when you say it with an A and not an ER, it's not racist. And just just do every, oh start, a different thing each every, time. Every episode every start time. with something really yeah. Like that's my new thing. I'm, I'm working. Yo, that's but like so I'm funny. always I, like I, I'm a, like I said all the things I like about podcasting. I don't do sometimes. Like I don't ever do research on a guest. Never do research on a guest. And I, really? I, yeah, which is can be very detrimental. Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I well, I guess we you can argue that it's like you're in the moment or whatever. But like we have a basic map yeah. of, like, of facts that you, things that you've done, yeah. just, just so if for any But I've had you on my well. podcast how many times? I've never yeah. walked. I don't Twice. have to do research for you. Yeah, you just say I hi. can get you on my podcast. Yeah, I'd love to. Yeah, I, I, the only thing. I'm a big fan of it. I saw, did I see you in an Instagram this weekend with uh, Adam? Yeah. God, I fucking love that guy. The best. I hope you get him I'm, on. I love that guy. He's not going to be doing my podcast. He's, oh, he's, not, he's doing Not with that attitude. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. He's, I, I, I don't, I, I like him for uh, for him, I, I, I liked uh, the most thing I liked the most was that his dad was on a private jet just partying. That's the oh coolest. MTV. So yeah. you know he's doing their workaholics movie in Vancouver, right? So a workaholics movie. Yeah, yeah. 
So I was up there for two days. Andrew Santino and I just did a little scene. We played cops, right? And uh, Adam's going back and forth to do the MTV movie stuff back and forth. So, like, not even sleeping. Just a fucking workhorse, right? Yeah. Uh, but, dude, we, uh, on that tour, that was the one show that I missed when they ran into you in Spokane. Yeah. And, uh, dude, he was raving about it. So, like, I don't know. I think he would be time. more I, like, open. I, I, I used to run into him. I, I you At the, the improv, first right? I, first time I ever ran into him is, uh, like, for real, yeah. is I was a big Workaholics fan. I'm in, I'm in like, legit. And I knew he worked at the door of the Hollywood Improv. Yeah. Or worked at the Hollywood Improv. So I was like, in my head, as soon as I started watching, I went, oh, fuck. And then I liked it. And I went, oh, fuck. And I was, like, really excited. I was really excited in the same way you were, like, this sounds silly to say now, but when Tosh.0 came out, that was a really good pilot. Yeah. And Tosh yeah. had tried a lot of pilots and failed. Oh, really? And, yeah. 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 And, and I just forget. You forget when you see people with such a successful hit, you're like, yeah, of course he got that. He's Tosh. And and by the way, that that was, I mean, I'm a, I love Tosh. Yeah. I'm not saying anything negative, yeah. but that was a, an idea that had been done over and over of and course. over. Of course. Pat- Patrice had it. Patrice, I love Patrice. Yeah, Patrice yeah. was doing it. Patrice was like, this show sucks. And, he, and Patrice shit on it. And so when Tosh did it, I was like, God, this is going to be tough. The pilot was great. And I was like excited for him in a way that you go like, oh, fuck, he found his lane. Yep. yep. And so when I saw Workaholics for the first time, I remember exactly where I was. I was in bed. Uh, I was Go I on. just taking the Xanax. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> keep one going. Of nights, one of the nights off the road, like a Monday morning where it's on DVR. Oh, yeah. And you're like, I am not working this day. This is all I'm doing. I'm yeah. going to take a Xanax, go back to sleep, wake up, see my kids, oh, pick up. The best. And uh, and I thought it was fucking hilarious. I just signed a deal to do Birth Conquer for Travel Channel. Or no, 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 another show for Travel Channel. Another show, Triplet. Yeah. And so... I go to New Orleans. I just watched a couple episodes, and uh, or maybe a season. I don't know. And, I, and I'm in New Orleans, and I'm on a balcony, and I see Adam, and I see Blake, yeah, and I see a couple of other friends walking down the street. Now, what I with the marching band was this house party? No, no, they're just walking down the street, okay. partying down uh, Bourbon Street. I'm with my whole crumb of eleven. Of course people. they were. Yeah. These people that are, will soon be the people that I spend four years traveling the world with. I don't. Yeah. This is the first time I had ever met. Oh them. my god! And I'm like. And I'm telling them I'm a comic. I'm telling them what I like. And I'm, we just had drinks. And I see them. And I go, in my head, there's a lot I want to say. Yeah. I want to say, Adam, it's Burt Kreischer. I'm a comic. I, I think you might recognize me. Um, and I just go, and but none of that comes out because I'm drunk. I just go, I'm Burt Kreischer. <laughs> <laughs> and he turns and he goes, the machine. And I was like, oh. Upstairs, they come up. We all party. My whole crew yeah. is like, "Shut the!" Because f- we're all because like, yeah, yeah. And my whole crew is like, oh, so "How do you know the fucking out. guys?" Yeah, and I'm like, "Oh, these. This is how. Uh, uh, this is how Hollywood works." Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, and then we all got handed. And then so then every time we would start a season, I swear to God, we run him in, into Adam every time. Huh. We run into Adam. We ran into him buying shoes one time. We ran. I mean, it's just fucking bizarre. And so yeah, so he may, he, he may have planned that. Just like you know what, yeah. this is. This is the tradition. <laughs> we had we had to run to Kreischer. but how but how great is that? Because I mean, I, I know you've experienced stuff like this on the road, and I think we all have. Where when we see other comics that we've never met before, not even just comics, celebrities, yeah, like, and oh. you don't know, like, and being drunk. I saw Beyonce at the Clippers game once, and I was like, "Well, I have to say something." Which, first of all, is a no, no, you don't, no, you don't, no, you don't, no. Let Beyonce keep being Beyonce without ever right. running into she's Adam Ray. Doing okay, yeah, she. So she's walking out, and in my head, I'm like, if I don't say anything, I'm never gonna have another chance to what? Yeah. Get her to turn around and look at me and be like, "There you are, comedian in his thirties who hasn't made it yet." Like, what is she gonna do? So she's on her way out, and I just go. Beyonce! And she turns around and looks at me, and then I just, 
I didn't expect a follow-up move, so I just gave her two big thumbs up. You're doing a good <laughs> yeah. job, kid. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Keep, keep it up. But I wanted a moment, you know. I mean, that's different, though. You you had a connection to Adam. I got, like, I got for us, I got the best one ever. Okay, I got okay. the best one ever. <laughs> so I'm in uh, Des Moines. Uh, I'm doing uh, it's Thursday night. Yeah. And I got one show, and on stage, I get like three phone calls from Pete Corielli. Nice. And so okay. Pete Corielli. Okay. Great guy. Finally, I get off stage, I call him, because it's three phone calls, and he's like, <laughs> 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 can't tell you the joke in my head, because you're mean. And so I go, what's up? He goes, hey, you're at the Des Moines Funny Bone? I said, yeah. And he goes, I'm going to stop by, I'm with a friend. Do you, are you going to be hanging out partying? And I said, yeah, I'll hang out at a party. If you're going to come by, he goes, okay, get rid of everyone in the club and just hang out there and party so we can hang out. And I was like, great. So we're sitting there drinking, and I was like, guys, Pete Corielli's coming by. I was like, and I got rid of all the hangers-ons, and now it's just friends of the staff. And yeah, staff sure. hanging out. Tour bus pulls up in front. And by the way, for every comic you're about to lose your mind, it's Brian fucking Regan. Oh my uh, god! And I'm like, holy shit, Brian Regan and Coriel get off the tour bus, and first, and Brian's like, dude, line up the tequilas, and I'm like, what? shut oh. the fuck up. Brian Regan comes I didn't up. Know he drinks. Everyone, everyone, every comic everywhere has massive respect for Brian Regan. For those exactly. who are not listening, yeah. he works clean. He does yeah. theaters. He hasn't had to go through television or the internet. Nope. He just does he his fucking thing. He's just hilarious. He's just a great joke writer and the yeah. most beautiful. And so, and then the most beautiful thing is the week before I had just been driving up Laurel Canyon with my kids, and Brian Regan came on SiriusXM, and I went, I don't have to change it. I was like, girls, listen to this, and we Brian, all listened to Twitter and laughed hysterically. So then. Brian Regan walks in. I've never met him before. Mm-hmm. And I just go, hey, bro, real quick, I got to geek out before we can hang. And he's like, go ahead, give it to me. And I'm fucking wrapping <laughs> Good move, off. by the way. And then yeah. I give him like your solid three minutes of me saying how great he is. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm done. Let's get a shot of tequila. And he's like, cool. And then we just drank. It was fucking awesome. Oh, my God. What do you riff with? Uh, I mean, what do you guys chat? I mean, are you just, just uh, do classic dude hang? I mean, I give my whole, this is exactly how it happened. I give my whole geek out speech. And then he just, he goes, awesome, man. Thank you so much. That's really cool, you know? So, uh, why is your shirt off? And I, <laughs> you get the whole time with your shirt off? Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah. I haven't had worn yeah. a shirt at a club in you, seven years. I saw on your Twitter that you yeah. recently did a weather report with your shirt off. Oh, yeah. Dude, it's, it's like I mean, doing those local TV shows. Look, we can all, we can all honestly say we think it's hacky as shit yeah. to like fuck with the weather girl like it's like it's like all comics I fuck guess. around it's just like anytime you do morning radio or morning <laughs> news you, you you hope that you do something original and sure. and and, uh, well, and that's a place to do it with the weather because it's well, so it's so down the middle yeah, yeah it's, it's not well, it, it's not it's not like someone like well uh four people died last night in a house fire you're like extra crispy chick like you the, can't add, you can't add like humor to that the reason it was funny the reason it was funny mostly was because I was very drunk. I was, and they knew that. So I, I had formed in Detroit the night before, and I was, and I had had Chad Zumach and Sean O'Brien drive me to get to Cincinnati for press, and I did not know it was like five hours from Detroit to Cincinnati. Oh, shit. So we get done partying at like two in the morning. I'm like, bro, I got radio at like seven. So we drive. This is a burnt miscalculation. <laughs> I, make, I make Tito's and sodas in a big styrofoam glass for the ride. I'm, I'm like, I'll have one cocktail. I'll pass out. Yeah. Wake up, cup of coffee, go and do press, then go do King Chris. I like that plan. So I make one. I then make another one. Not even real. I make another one and pass out. I then, like 30 minutes outside Cincinnati, wake up thirsty, and I kill a 32-ounce Tito's and soda at like 6.30 in the morning. Like, not realizing what I've just done. What a great country we live in. And I pull in, 
and I go, I take my bags upstairs, I lay down for 15 minutes, I pop up, and I'm very hammered. I am very hammered. Do you have any thoughts of, like, I can't do this, or you're like, this is going to be more fun, or I need to check myself real quick? Like, what is... Uh, my shows were sold out, so I was like, I was like, I don't uh, like this sold out before, way before that. So I was like, part of me is like, I'm doing this as a favor to the clubs, yeah. Because if you go in, for those of you who don't know, if you're sold out and you do press, then it really helps their standing with press. Yeah. So yeah. when they bring in someone who hasn't sold out, they're like, remember we brought in Burke Chrysler and he didn't need to be here, right. and he did it. Give us. Oh, uh, you're a good dude. Yeah, so yeah, and so and by the way, I'm, I would like to say this for the record: all the times Joe Coy did press and helped me sell tickets. Thank you. Like I, I've never sold out until this year, so everyone knows that. I mean, we're 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 road guys. This we know what the road's like. Yeah. So, so I go in and I sit down and I start doing the interview, and they want to talk about Travel Channel stuff, and I'm like, I don't work at Travel Channel anymore, but I'll say that. And then I'm like, <laughs> and then halfway through the interview, you can they can see that I reek of alcohol, and I can see it in my eyes, and then I just go, I don't even know why I'm here. My shows are sold out. I just got up and walked off. <laughs> Which, which was which, Diva Kreischer. It was no, but it was it was right when my credits started coming up. Oh, like okay. when you see that in the prompter, where yeah. you're like, you can catch him, and you see the guy going wrap it yeah. up. Yeah. And I was like, I'm not going to let them do the, the typical wrap it up. And I just got up and walked off. And they they thought it was hilarious. And the interview was very off kilter. They were like, so tell us about Travel Channel. I was like, no. And like, <laughs> right, so you'd set the tone already. I, it was yeah. it was a fun. It was a really fun interview, and they were having a good time. And it was so funny. I've tried all those interviews mm-hmm. to be high energy to be. Compliant to tell a story to, yeah. to be at, like be sober, and the one time I go in fucked up and don't care and just answer honestly and don't try to tell jokes, they love it. Yeah. And then I get up and I get off to the side. There's another thing of like, had I done this and we had like 45 tickets sold on a Thursday, yeah. I would have gotten in trouble. Right. But because the, everything sold out, and they're grateful that I'm there. And then I'm standing behind the cameraman, and they're like, "All right, we're going back in three two, one, and I, I go, fuck it, I just take my shirt off and I just start walking around the studio. <laughs> and I walk, just walk right into the, new to the and they were not expecting it. And so <laughs> the weather lady was not having it. She did not find it. They're not. Funny. They don't have senses of humor. She was like, I want to go to my safe place. I'm like, why can't, why can't you just start going thunderstorms? Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and so it was, was a chance of shirtless man. It was, but it was, it went, it went, what for Liberty Township would consider viral because like they, the phones lit up and they called my agent. We're like, can we add Sunday shows? Like, oh my yeah. God. It was crazy. And then, and then all the news people started calling. So like, I'm going to do the blue note in Hawaii oh. and their big radio TV morning show was like, yeah. Hey, can we have Birdo? We saw that video. And so now I'm like, great. So Holy shit. Go do every- <laughs> can I be honest? That's kind of every, co- I mean, the amount of times I've tried to fuck with uh, weather stuff, which yeah. I almost feel yeah. like the amount of comedians that do it, it's almost like, you know, they say comedians want to be rock stars. Part of me is like, do comedians also want to be weathermen deep down? Because yeah, they yeah. All, all, we all want, and I did it with uh, Amir K in Dallas, and we were super high when we did it, and uh, and we ended up getting into a fake fight and like doing all this shit, and yeah. they didn't even air the clip. But w- our intention was again like, we're gonna do something that's gonna be because the interview yeah. part was fine, and then we're like, let's button it with something really big and crazy. We yeah. all had that same idea, so that it'll go viral, and we can yeah. like really and and get to be asked by every news. So I mean like. Fuck, dude. That's yeah. the dream. But no, but the dream, okay, the dream always turns into a nightmare in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I got to do want, all these. The thing you want yeah. becomes the thing that they need, they want. And then once they want it, you don't want it anymore. Yeah, that's my big right. problem. I just posted, that's my big problem with about this business. I just posted, uh, posted. I used to do this thing called What Will the Maid Think? I used to leave the hotel rooms in, in crazy manner. I just saw two photos on your Instagram. One is like you dress the toilet up to be a monster with towels that are bloody for teeth coming out of yeah. it. And it, it was, have you seen it? I'll no. show it to you. Yeah. I'll be, be honest with you. Yeah. I'll be really honest. 
it's one of the mo- things I'm most proud of in my career. Oh my Because God. it was really funny, it was really inspired, and no one was looking at it, no one gave a shit, and then all of a sudden, it goes viral, and, and as soon as it goes viral, it's almost like you lose your your inspiration for it. Yeah. You're like, you're like, oh, fuck. Here, you can scroll down. Yeah. That's the fir- very one of the very first ones I did. <laughs> oh, the couch! Yeah. <laughs> Dude, it looks like a character on Pee-wee's Playhouse. Yeah, right? Dude, <laughs> you, the creativity here. I mean, I like, let's not sleep on that, no pun intended. Like, yeah. there's... Like the eyes, the mouth. There's a fucking mustache, <laughs> dude. I, I did like I did like twenty of them. Did you have any prior couch decorating skills, or did you just acquire these in boredom? <laughs> what happened? One morning, I was in Vodka. San Antonio, Texas, and I was like, and I was about to leave the hotel room, and there were uh, there was a hand towel and lotion right next to the bed, and I thought I can't leave that there. The maid's gonna know exactly what I fucking did in here. Yes. I was like, I gotta throw off her track, so I made one that was just bizarre and crazy, and like I had like. Pillows and around the toilet with a spoon and a Heineken, like, <laughs> like what was he doing? And then after that one, I did the one with his, the torso in the kitchen. Dude, the I'm looking at that right now. The torso dude. in the fridge is really good. My favorite one I did. How'd you do that? Just an old a shirt pillow. on a pillow. Just put to oh the wardrobe. Oh my god! Put on a pillow. By the way, torso in a fridge <laughs> is the best one. That's yeah. like, like if you open that, you would lose your shit. All right. Fa- the best Here's one, the bloody muppet on the toilet seat. The best one is just I did this one in Edmonton across from the mall. It was just a sheet tied to the side of a chair hanging out the window. So it looks like, like, I, escaped. like, like I escaped out the window. <laughs> Wait, whose feet are these under the bed? Those are just it's socks and towels and shoes. Dude. Everything's everything's the one that, that looks like a body. I'm really bed, impressed. I sat all day filling out clothes in towels to make a body. <laughs> and it here's here's the amazing Trying on different that. shirts with towels to see yeah. which one looked most like got a body. I'm so good at that. I got so good at making humans, it was ridiculously <laughs> scary. <laughs> Because there's a moment, resume, sure. there, there's a moment where you're with this mock human in your room, and you're and you're talking to it like, "Where do I put you? Where do I put you?" It really does get like serial killer crazy. Oh my! I mean, God. But you know what? That's that's time well spent versus yeah, you know, and like that's not even. I mean, sure, you took you took you took photos of it, but you're doing all that. Just so a maid can walk in and go, what the fuck? And then you won't even really see her reaction. I never did. And then, by the way, I had to tip her out like a hundred bucks every time. I had to leave a hundred bucks. I'm like, God forbid one of them does get upset. Oh, I never, yeah, never right. want them to say anything. I want them to go, it's a hundred bucks. Who gives a shit? Good right. move. Yeah. And so and so I do these. I, no one notices them. I'm putting them online. No traction yeah. whatsoever. And then one day, Good Morning America sees them. And they of course they do. Them, and it goes viral. And then I get a call from a publisher like, let's do a book. And I'm like, and I go, I'm like, uh, and then everyone's like, where's the next one? Then I start going to hotels, and they're like, we know who the fuck you are. You got to do it. You got to do it. And I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm done. It's the same thing I did that wait staff raffle. I'm just, yes. I don't know if you saw that. Oh, it's incredible. As soon as I did it one time, I get the one time with the dad and, and his uh, daughter's birthday. I was doing it up to then. I'd probably done it. Maybe I did it in San Diego five times or yeah, five times. I'd done it in New York, Jersey once, and then I did it in Lexington. Five, five times. That was the fifth time. So I maybe done eleven times. And as soon as I did that one, in the, in a weird way, I go, I got what I wanted out of this. In my head, I'm like, but then I I had videotaping, so I post it, and then that gets some traction. Then every fucking club you go to, by the way, Liberty Township, the staff were being cunts about it, like oh, no. legit. They were like, now fighting. a fight broke out Sunday night about it, and so I was like, I guess I'm done because they were pissed that. They didn't get picked. I mean, so I do it. So, the, I do so it. what's the raffle for those who don't know? Those so I do this thing. I did it. I just did it on a lark. The yeah. truth is, I was in New Jersey. It was a. Uh, uh, it was great. It was the first weekend I sold out 
that I'll ever in my recollection that I'll ever say that I that I sold out. Now I've sold out other things, but that first weekend was a it was a blizzard, and the machine clip had gone viral, and it was sold out. And I went wow, and so I had a good weekend. Finicky what is that like, by the way? Like, what do you? It is just. I mean, what do you do during the day? How do you celebrate that whole experience? Because that's a huge fucking milestone. No, you just wait for it to stop. Yeah. <laughs> that's just, pretty. That, that that's a pretty accurate statement. You just go. When's this gonna stop? Right, yeah, yeah, this is not. It's not gonna be going forever. You're so very appreciative. Very enjoyed this. So but, like, is, but is your energy changed for the show? I mean, just knowing that you did that. I was. I was. Jim. Jim Florentine came in the green room. He just came to hang out. And he was like, "Dude, you're sold out." And I was like, "Yeah." I go, "What happened?" And Vinny Brand came in at the end of the week. He's like, "We had a really great week. I gotta give you extra money." So he gave me extra money, and I was like, "And I was like, wow, that's crazy." And then I. I have I have like hundred bucks. I go. I want to give this. I'll give it to the staff. Then, but there was, there was. Uh, I won't think there was ten of them. So I was like, well, I can't just give them each ten bucks. That's cheap. Yeah. And then I was like, I'll, I'll just maybe I'll raffle it off to one of them. And then I was like, well, I wonder if I asked the audience if they give money, if then I could raffle it off. Right. And it was like three hundred. Everyone just gave money. Everyone wanted to. They gave three hundred bucks. I gave out a right. hundred. So we had four hundred bucks. Give it to this chick. And her answer of what you're going to do with it is like, I'm going to buy coke. Everyone kind of groans. And then off stage, she says to me. Um, hey, thanks a lot. My car got impounded, and I haven't been able to get it for like three weeks. And now I can pay for it. And so wow. that's this is a game changer. I just want you to know that. And oh I was like, God. why the fuck didn't you say that on stage? Yeah. The next girl I do it to in Buffalo says, I'm going to do that. We're going to buy drugs. Go to the strip club. And right. nothing. Then she comes off stage. She goes, hey, uh, I'm pregnant, and now I can get the car seat that we want. The really Holy nice one. Holy shit. And I'm like, oh, my God. So then I, I tell Life my wife changer. this, and my wife's like, you better do this every fucking time. You're really helping these kids. Yeah. So I do it. I do the, the black guy's the best. For those of you who didn't see. Yeah. I, I cried, dude. I cried. I mean, I think you and I come from the same cloth where it's like, I mean, I don't know how big of a crier you are, but like, it's just the right, uh, like, if it's super emotional and it's real yeah. and it's unexpected, I'm done. Like, and I'll try to fight back the tears as hard as possible, but that'll just make me cry more. I and that it. was I um, shot it on Saturday. Yeah. I was meeting at UTA on Monday. I edited it Sunday. I showed them in the boardroom at UTA, and everyone cried at UTA. And I was like, "That's crazy." And that was a story. His so he gets up on stage, and by the way, I partied with him the night before, but he had just wanted to have a beer with me. He goes, "I just want to say I had a beer with you. You're such a cool guy." And he was, and I was like, "Okay." And he had one beer, didn't even finish it. He's like, "I gotta go, man. I gotta get out of here." I was like, normally if you want to drink with me, you drink with me. But he just wanted one beer. He just wanted to say he had a beer. What with a me. cool thing! So, so you can tell there was a story there, right? I, in my head, I'm like, I'm like, his wife must be a bitch. Like that's oh, what I okay. thought. Yeah, because like she's calling him home or something like that. So then, I by the way, this is real. I know this is gonna sound horrible. I never want uh, dudes to win the raffle. I always want hot chicks to win. Of course. <laughs> yeah, horrible. Of course. It's, it's Natural. Because guys, guys never have like a story. Like the guy, one of the other days, like I haven't been late in a while. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, maybe I'm going to prostitute. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 cool. I'm glad we all went to our pockets <laughs> yeah. to get a disease. <laughs> I can finally afford two two orders of orange chicken from Panda Express. Yeah. Like, it's great. I never want to hear student loans. Or pay my student <laughs> yeah, loans. Oh God, yeah. I love when people go. I think I'm going to take a vacation. You're like, fuck yeah. The best. So, but the best one is this guy. His name's James. Greg or James. Greg. He comes up. And I'm like, immediately I see a dude, and I'm like, eh, but he, I saw him the hunt out with me the night before, and then he gets up, and I can see him shaking. A lot of times they'll shake, and I go, oh, it's because he's on stage. By the way, let me yeah. say the build-up to these things is a huge part of it, because the collecting of the money and uh, is just, it, it adds to it, right? Yeah. That, that's happening prior to him getting oh, up. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, I tell everyone why we're going to do it. Everyone starts going, that's cool shit, Bert. And then they walk up, and they're all giving 20s. A lot of people give 20s. Some people give 1s. That's all I ask for, but a lot of people give 20s. 
And it's real exciting and breaking the fourth wall and it's real raw. It's just, it's an yeah. incredible energy to, to watch even through, uh, you know, the computer screen. Yeah, it, 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 it's fun. And everyone, people, I mean, I don't know, man. I, I would say, I, I say they're my fans. I know they're my fans right now. But like they're, they're trickle down from Rogan, from Segura, from Ari, from Joey. They're that, that genre of people, and they're really cool. Like, a lot of times they want to give me a hug. Like, they come on, like, bro, I'm going to give you a hug. Dang. And they'll bring up a shot. They'll be like, dude, you're, the, you're this is really cool. You're doing this. It's cool to have both sides, by the way, yeah. like the party yeah. and the emotional side. Like, a lot what of if they were like, I want to give you a fake stab to the fucking dick. You're like, all right, I got to well, change my act. We have had those shows. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. In San Antonio, Taylor Tomlinson asked for an escort off stage. She was so scared. No. Oh, my God. She's so sweet. Because, because they're doing fraternity chants. Oh, 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 Show them titties for the boys. Show them titties for the boys. Right. In, in her defense, that is a catchy song, but just yeah. not the right place for it. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Fuck. so this guy comes up. He's shaking, and I see he's shaking, and then I see he's crying. And I, but I don't want to say anything because I know brothers don't like to cry in front of people. Mm-hmm. So then finally, I, he starts like taking deep breaths, and he's shaking and trembling. I've edited a lot of it out, but I show because only because I wanted to be under yes. a minute, so I post on Instagram. Sure. And I go, "You seem emotional, man." And he just breaks down. He's like. Uh, next week is my daughter's birthday and I didn't have any money for it and I'm, I'm a single father and I'm just trying to get by and now I can buy her the present she wants oh my god Dude, I start crying I start you got daughters and like, because, because here's the other thing yeah. that, I, that sometimes you get so far removed from it but I remember I remember distinctly being at Toys R Us it was when I was just started headlining but featuring still a lot, making seven hundred bucks featuring. Yep. Thirteen hundred dollars was all I get to headline, but that had to be air and all, like you were making no yeah. money. And I remember one Christmas going through Toys R Us and seeing a fam, a parent buying whatever they wanted, and knowing we couldn't. And I felt like I'm such a piece of shit. Like and my daughters were were young, but I remember just looking at this dad just going, "Let's get him one of these. Fuck it." And me and my wife going through, going, "We have a budget." Right. I can't afford to get them everything they want. Like, By you the, gotta get one dude, gift. It I, better be good. I know that yeah. fucking feeling of going, yeah. I can't make it rain for my kids. All I can do is get them a couple things and maybe something that seems big but still really cheap. Yeah. And as soon as you do that, everyone in the audience starts bawling. People start running up cash on stage. Giving more. That, giving more. And, then, and I'm like, oh shit, Greg. Oh shit. Yeah, your reaction at that point when it's people start giving oh. more money was bonkers. Because then that probably encouraged them everyone, to give more. Everyone starts coming up. They yeah. walk like 950 bucks. And he was like, dude, he, at the end of the show, he just came up, like, balling and gave me a hug. And he was like, dude, I get to thank you. I get to be the dad I want my daughter to see me as. And I'm like, oh, oh my God. Oh. I'm like, are you, fu- oh, oh, my God. Oh. So then that happens. As soon as that happens, in my head, I'm like, I did it. I did what I wanted to achieve yes. out of this. And then, no, every fucking show. Every, <laughs> I, I really, I tell people, Segura says to me the other day, he goes, I'm doing another special in February. He goes, hey, are you going to take your shirt off? And I go, yeah. And he goes, oh, you're a fucking idiot. He's like, you know, you're going to take your shirt off until you're 70 now. And 70 years old, you'd be like, ah, Burke Chrysler. And then I go, and then you rip your shirt off. I'm like, oh, that guy. And he's like, are you doing the waist step raffle? He goes, let me tell you. He goes, all people do is they come to the show, they want to see you get drunk, do a raffle, take your shirt off, and tell the machine story. I go, pretty yeah. much, that's it. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, you have a go-to formula to make people happy. Yeah, well, hey, guys. Yeah. They get pissed off because I drink vodka and soda now because we were in that weight loss challenge. They get pissed off. They're like, that water. I'm like, I lost it. I lost it on stage the other day, and I go, I don't drink for you guys. Like, I drink for me. 
I don't drink. This is, yeah, this is not for you guys to have your Burt Kreischer story. This is fuck this is because I love I love it. Yeah, I'm yeah. not. Yeah, I guess what I'm drinking at home by myself, not for you at all. <laughs> not training for to, to meet yeah, you. Not getting ready for the moment where you get to see me have a Tito's and soda. Now I'm curious about that because yeah, you're, you're known as this legendary partier. And by the way, even before the Wayside for Apple, I have to tell you this: whenever I whenever I go to a club, I I always ask them. Who are your favorites? Oh, who are your least favorites? Because I want to know, you know, who's not doing so well and what to avoid, and then who's doing so well and why? Why do they like them? Yeah. Your name always came up on the favorites. Dude, list. there was a run. Always. There was a run of probably four years where, yeah. where it was me and you. Like everyone was like, "Oh, you should have been here with Brad was here." Yeah. <laughs> like I remember you went, you went out. You with fucked the, two girls in the green room. <laughs> you had a magic mic moment where you went out yep. to the sandbar with all the staff and partied. With oh them. shit! Yeah, yeah. I Dude, remember that one. They told me about that. They're like. Dude, we did it with Brad. It's time to do it with you. And I was like, no, I'm a father of two. I'm not going into a sandbar with a bunch of half-naked chicks. Yeah, that was at uh, Marco Island. Uh, Captain Brian. Yeah, ca- yeah, ca- Captain Brian. That was like five years ago. Uh, that's when I hooked up with a uh, lesbian because she's like, I've never had a guy before. But, man, <laughs> like if, if, if my first guy could be a dwarf. <laughs> and you're like, awesome. I've never had a girl who only has girls before. Yeah. Like, yeah. Okay. So like, we're just crossing off bucket list items. Let's go. Brian, Captain Brian came in. For those of you who don't know, hopefully he doesn't hear this. So this isn't bad for him, but yeah. uh, but this is he's like an old school guy from Boston. He's got the thick fucking New England accent. He's got a thick accent. Yeah, he's yeah. got the Captain Brian. Come on, Captain Brian's Marco Island, Florida. He's like a fun. Like if you're a bro, he's you fun. love Captain Brian. Yeah, he's like awesome. if you're, if you're, I gotta go. I know, and respectfully, I think Jen Kirkman probably wouldn't enjoy that show. Probably. Yeah, like because it's 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 a bit. It's open air raw bar, and so it's it's like live and it's fun. And you're Brian, doing comedy in the middle of a seafood restaurant. Yeah, cool. Yeah. And Brian's always trying something new. Like at one point, he had a live Twitter stream up on the screen with a camera facing the audience. Yeah. This is a perfect Brian move. So, does I, he tell the comic he's going to do this? He's like, yeah, I got a live, I got a live Twitter stream. It's, it's up there, and then and then everyone can read the comments, and the camera is facing the audience, so so they can like interact. You know, the audience can tweet up and go, "Hey, I'm here," and then. People can come and see it's a live show. Yeah. Hey, halfway so, through you said I'm gonna have a popcorn grab bag going on in the audience. Yeah. Put your hand in, get a different type of popcorn. Yeah. So I tweeted out, and then all of a sudden everyone starts going, "Yo, what's up with the whore of the front row with the big tits?" Oh, <laughs> oh shit! Someone's with a black dude. Her dad's pissed. <laughs> <laughs> they're heckling <laughs> each other. They're heckling the, the audience. <laughs> the audience. <laughs> and then Brian comes in. He's like, "Dude, can you tell your friends your fans not to come anymore?" <laughs> That's a perfect Brian move. It's like, oh my great idea. God. Great idea. Very innovative. Super good great good heart. Yeah. You know, like it's all going to work out and all of a sudden, ah, shit. <laughs> ah, shit. I'm getting sued. So uh, he, um, he comes back one weekend and he's like, uh, these lesbians were hitting on me after the show. And he mm-hmm. comes back, this is right after you had fucked those lesbians, I yeah. think. And he goes, hey, are you going to fuck those lesbos like Brad did? <laughs> By the way, I, uh, that's going to be a, a quote in my in my book. Are you going to fuck those lesbos? <laughs> <laughs> fuck those lesbos I love Brian. I will say too, like uh, Brad saying that, like when I first started headlining, like I would hear from Brad and stuff about um, uh, you and just the way you would interact with the staff and stuff, and it made me make a, a conscious effort to do that. Because I, and then even seeing being you know in certain cities sometimes and going to see you and watching how you interact, I was like, oh, it seems like. Uh, 
it just, you could tell that the staff was just almost like doing their job better because you had a rapport with them. And yeah. it seemed like you were – and what I got from it was that you made yourself comfortable – also, it's innately who you are to be that you know charismatic and personable. But then I what I found from it is that it made me more comfortable to do my job on stage if I felt comfortable just being there yeah. fully like and with everybody. Right and and uh, there's, there's people. Uh, I can't imagine not doing that. Like just going in and walking out. Maybe at some point I'll be so bitter that I'm just like fuck this. But like yeah. I have to. It's it, it makes the whole weekend better when you feel a rapport with everybody. Dude, the Dayton Funny Bone to this day. I mean, yeah. I, I like I know them. I know them so intimately. I'm like bumping into them, going, "Hey, how's the baby?" Like, I, I like, uh, "How's your relationship with your ex-wife?" Hey, what's going on with you know? Like, I yeah. know them so well. I ran into Renda, who used to run. Uh, she used to do all the oh, events. Renda. Yeah, Renda, yeah, yeah, yeah. Jay's Jay's ex-wife, mm-hmm. and I saw her, and I was like, "You look fit." And then all of a sudden, I'm like, "God damn it, I've known you for like twelve years." Yeah, I've known you for twelve years. Like you're a part of my like, I, like if you stop working for the funny bone, I'll be bummed. Like when Doc stopped working in Dayton, I got really bummed. I was like, "Shit, that's like, like that's part of the routine." Is you go and you see him, and you Doc taught me so much and, about headlining. Yeah, like one of the things, one of the biggest misconceptions about headlining is. That you sell out, like that's the biggest misconception. Is that because most certainly is? <laughs> like a lot of comics would be like, "Yeah, how was uh, how was Dayton sold out?" And you're like, "Okay, hold on, let's start that over because Dayton never sells out." Like D. Ray Davis sells out Dayton. You don't sell out Dayton. <laughs> like, <laughs> Easy, Rita Rudner. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And so one time I went in and I was like, I was I was looking at the room and Doc came up behind me. I go, uh, "Not bad." And he goes, "Yeah, not bad. Good job." And I was like, "Sold out?" And he goes, "No." I said. Well, looks sold out. He goes, well, let me let me show you what sold out looks like. Yeah. You see all those people facing forward. Well, there would also be two people facing them. And I was like, oh, you see all those empty seats. And I was like, oh shit. And he's like, yeah, we spread it out so it looks sold out, yeah. but it's not sold out. Wow. He's like, take a look. He goes, when it's sold out, Bert, you see this? There's a four top in the right hand corner of Dayton that's right by the door. You know the one I'm talking about? He goes, yeah. when it's sold out, there will be people there also. And I was like. Wow. And so I stopped being this like arrogant. And, and, and the other thing is maybe, maybe this is an insecurity of mine, but like I always figured, I always figured if I had a good time with the staff and they liked me and I was fun with them, then they'd be like, there's no reason to bring, bring Burt Kreischer 13 years ago back to your club. None. I was, I was a thousand dollar act and I was not that good of a comic. I, I mean, I was okay. I was, I would kill, but I don't know if it was like with really good material. It was just, you know, it was run-of-the-mill, a light impression of Dame with sprinkles of Dave Attell in it, you sure. know? like that, I mean, I'm sure that's what I was. It's a good show. Yeah, it's a good show. <laughs> yeah. It's a good show, especially yeah. you don't know who Dame and Dave Attell is. <laughs> <laughs> I like his pacing. He's got high energy. This guy's great. You know what cops say when you touch their faces? This is what you do. This is what you do. You go up to the guy, and like, when he comes to your car, comes to your car, he's going to come in your car. When he comes up to your car, you take your beer, wow. put it to his lips, go, shh, and then take off. Like, <laughs> fucking, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a, it's a, ma- I mean... But that's you can't expect much from a young comic. Yeah, right? you well, know, and, and and that's we all had a phase where right when we got in, we probably emulated someone a little too much. Yeah, because that's what we thought comedy was, or that's what we really liked, and we didn't know, and we hadn't found our own thing yet. So you you just kind of like, well, that person's killing it. I should do that. Yeah, and that and the problem also has to do with Los Angeles. Is Los Angeles is a killer stand up? Like you need to be a killer on stage. Because if you're not, it may fuck with your career. Like yeah. New York, you could you could really bomb a lot. And actually, you know what's so crazy? When I first came out to LA and watched Dane kill, I watched him kill like ten nights in a row. Mm-hmm. And I went, so "Wait, when does he bomb?" And someone's like, "He never bombs." And I was like, "Wait, my frame of reference was Dave Attell, who didn't always do great. 
and he was the best comic that we knew. Yeah. Mitch Hedberg would not do well the majority of the times on stage. No shit. A hundred. Yeah. I mean, yeah. like crowds wouldn't get him sometimes. Dude, his his half hour Comedy Central <laughs> special or hour Comedy Central, he bombed. He bombed so bad that he sits down halfway through and he goes, "This is supposed to be special." Like. It is. They, they have the full wow. cut online. You got to watch it. Oh, but shit. that was my frame of reference for comedy. And then I saw Dane, and I was like, "Oh, he murders." And then Butch Bradley always murdered. Brent Ernst always murdered. Steve Byrne always murdered. And yeah. I was like, "When did one of these guys bombing?" Like I was used to bombing. And, <laughs> and you're like, "Well, no, not in L.A. because there could be a casting director in the audience. There could be someone who works at an agency. There could be someone who's about to uh, go in for a movie or something." Like every audience could have that one person. Like. Uh, Eric Griffin was just on this podcast. He talked about going up to the store one night, and that's how he got um, "I'm Dying Up Here" because they were casting it yeah. that night that he happened to be there. But so when did it when did it turn over for you as far as like having that aha moment of like, oh, uh, I mean, just your your when did you feel like all right, cool? I, I, got, I became that stronger comic that I was looking up to. Uh, me sold out week like when you oh, said oh, you, oh, 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 oh. Uh, in all honesty, like my my involvement uh, my involvement with Joe Rogan changed the way I did stand up entirely only because I had that one machine story and I went uh, and I was like he's like you need to tell it on stage and, and this is like the old version of me meaning like the guy you like to go up and, and you know you know what if you're ever going to put a vegetable in a girl's ass make sure you use a carrot not a cucumber like that guy was like I, I felt like I felt yeah. like those weren't those were my thoughts but they weren't my my th- real thoughts I mean like I definitely thought of them right. and they were funny and, I, and they made me laugh and if I thought of it today maybe I, I'd do the same do it on stage but I put it in a different way. So when he told me, I told the machine story, he's like, you have to tell it on stage. I go, it's not a machine. And everyone had said that. You have to tell it on stage. I go, it's not a stage story. And then he goes, well, it is starting now. Starting now, anyone that listens to this podcast, you're only going to refer to Bert as the machine. That's all you're to refer to him as. And you chant it out at every one of his shows. And if he doesn't tell it, you boo him. Make it. <laughs> so that my very next weekend was Columbus. Yeah. And, and by the way, I was shooting a documentary at the time. I was shooting a documentary that has not been released. Maybe it will be, um, but it's it's out there. The only reason is because because uh, I was going through beef with another comic at the time and at the exact time, and that is all in there because you couldn't oh, avoid shit. it. Yeah. yeah. So it would make one comic look bad. Yeah. But um, but so I go to Columbus that first week and they start chanting the machine and I go, okay, I get it. And then I go into my act and they laugh. Yeah. But I remember there was a disconnect. Everyone was like, tell the story about the time that you pissed on the dining room table. Tell a story about flying dildos. Tell a story about fighting a bear. Tell a story about the machine. And so at the end of the act, I go, I'll do the machine, but it's not going to work. And I did it, and it didn't work. And then this guy came up to me and goes, hey, man, it was very, like, very, like, pivotal moment in your career. He goes, hey, man, I'm going to come back next year to hear how much better the story's gotten. And, like, a few people said that to me throughout the weekend. They're like, what hey, a man. crazy piece of wow. feedback. And he was, yeah. like, he was like, keep working on it, man. It'll get better. Took me it, it took me a while to veer away from what I was doing and then go like, oh, I should just like I don't want to write jokes that everyone can do. I want to write yeah. jokes that only I can do. Yeah, like that or like so my thumbprint. No and, one else has a story close to that. Uh, so close to the machine story, it's, which it's, I mean we're we're not gonna make you tell on this <clears> for for people that don't know it. Go back to Marin. What is yeah? What is your to, favorite version of it that people can find? Yeah, like the one. I mean, there's so much Rogan. The one that I told on my hour specials online, you can see that. That's a really good yeah, version. Yeah, I love that one. The, yeah. Um, but yeah, for those of you who don't know, I got involved with the Russian Mafia when I was 22 and robbed a train. So <laughs> Yeah, take that and yeah, go fucking look it up. Yeah, take that and then if you don't know it, and yet, enjoy. Just go, holy shit, and yeah. go find the story. But uh, but that changed everything. And then, and then I, I'm not going to be really honest, and not until 
doing this last hour did I realize the shortcomings I had as a comedian where I was like, oh, I'm a very lazy writer. I am very hacky. Like, all I want to do is connect the dots sometimes to get from A to B. And I was like, that's not cool. Not from B to C or C yeah. to B. And I was just like, I was like, I was like, I wasn't doing the hard work like a tell would. Yep. Like a tell, like I, it was plate spinning for me. So like I'd have this story and it would be like, Rachel, perfect examples. I jumped out of a plane with Rachel Ray. Yeah, By the way, your <laughs> friendship with her boggles me and is incredible. Yeah. yeah. And so. And the fact you say she's a gangster and showed up to you with a beer and like chili backstage and like. She's a, she's a badass bitch. I'll tell you. <laughs> My favorite Rachel Ray line ever is we're in Mexico one time. We had bodyguards. We were in like really scary Mexico. We had bodyguards. We're in her place and she, we're drinking and we're really buzzed. And we're listening to music. Her husband's playing music and she just cuts the music. She goes, let's take our bodyguards down to the beach and make them fight. <laughs> and then cranks the music back up. I'm like, oh shit! She's Rachel just, Ray is a gangster. She's just funny. No, why is? I mean, there's, there's. I feel like there's a whole other show. Like, there's Rachel Ray could do fucking 10 a.m. and then she could do 11 p.m. Right, and do yeah. that shit and go to fucking do a travel show where she's being like, I'm in Cabo, like you know, setting up like yeah. you're visiting the cities. But Let's then it's kill like, a hooker. it's almost like Rachel Ray doesn't stop yet. Yeah, dude, she has that in her. She has a like a raw sense, and she's a comedy fan. So she was going through jokes that I did not know she knew. Of yours? No, not of mine. Oh, yeah. Of like comics that I liked. Yeah. I was like, oh, wow. shut up. Like, I, I, she's the kind of chick, she invited me to a, a, her, she had a party one night and it was in Soho and I, I, she goes, I'm doing, I'm doing Gotham. She goes, she's coming down to my party. And I go, uh, I'm, I'm doing a, I'm doing a show at like eight. She goes, my party starts at six. Just show up. And I was like, okay. So I go down to the party and then she didn't want to be with anyone. She just pulled me off to the side and she just hung out. She was like, she was like, I don't want to talk to any of these fucking people. And I was like, really? Wow. She's like, yeah, and we just bullshitted. We just bullshitted for like an hour and a half, and then I headed back up to Gotham. But that's, she's really an awesome person. But my, uh, the laziness yeah, yeah. in my writing is like, so I had this joke. Part of the jokes, we go skydiving. The guy harnesses into me, and he go, and you're, he's strapped on your back. This was for uh, Birth of Conqueror. This is for, no, for her show. This is, no, this is when I was doing Birth of Conqueror, but yeah, it was okay. for her show. <clears throat> and so I, the joke was, he's like, why are you so nervous? And I, I, I was like, I don't know, maybe it'll get hard. And he's like, I go, maybe I'll get hard. Maybe we'll both get hard. Our shoe won't open, and that's how two backpackers will find us in the woods. <laughs> you fucking me into the earth. This guy created it. So, like, I wrote that, and I was like, great, that's great. So then uh, the next part next part is is I know there's a big punchline. When when we're about to go out of the plane, I'm, tr- I'm trying to lock down and not go out of the plane. And he goes, oh, my God, what's wrong with your straps? And I go to check them, and that's when we went out. I knew that's the punchline. But I need it. You rock three times before you skydive. So yeah. we go, all right, here we go. One. And then the, this is my lazy joke writing. I go, suck my dick. <laughs> Two, go fuck yourself. Three, yeah. I'm not going. Those are my three fucking lines. Yeah. And then, but it's plate spinning. Because all I want to do is get to, oh my God, what's wrong with your straps? Yep. And then as I watched the set back, I went, oh, that's lazy as shit. I was like, I need jokes there. That's what a real comic puts jokes there. Like they, and so then I went, I changed it for my special. He goes, one. And I go, wait, I'm not hard yet. <laughs> Two, are you telling me you're already hard? <laughs> Three. And then he goes, oh, my God, what's wrong with your straps? And so, but that, like, that is where I'm at now is I go, oh, that's right. Let's not get lazy in your writing. Like, yeah. get a joke up and running. That's yeah. the, get it up and running. Come on, yeah. Get it off the ground. But once you get it off the ground, go back and, the like. not done yet. And, like, really, like, fine-tune it with a chisel mm-hmm. and go, let's make this really good. Like, I have this, I have this joke now about my daughter. Uh, we go ziplining my daughter. Is it, my daughter's a little bit of an idiot. She <laughs> she clips in when we go zipline. She clips into a Vietnamese family. Like when you clip in, she clips in, and it's in the middle of a Vietnamese family. And so 
I, just lazy joke writers be going, yo, where the fuck are you going? And then yeah. she goes, oh, I wanted to be first. I was like, well, good luck. Good, enjoy your day with the tats. <laughs> and then I go, I guess we got an exchange student all day. <laughs> so then, and by the way, I could not think of Vietnamese names. I was like fucking strapped. So then, and then I just was like, hey, man, why don't you go online and just start typing Vietnamese? Yeah. And so, yeah. yeah, so now I changed it to, yo, Tiger Lily, where are you going? <laughs> enjoy your day with the tats. <laughs> oh, great. I guess we'll be hanging out with Long Duck Dong all day. Because he was the perfect Asian yeah. exchange yeah, student. Yeah, exactly. So, like, but I go, I go, just do that, and then, if it, and, and then once you do that, then keep, keep your eye open for the other stuff that works. Right. This is so even inside baseball. I'm sorry. No, no, it, it, it's because a lot of people. <coughs> a, we have a lot of comics that listen to this, uh, and B, a lot of people are fascinated because, and especially for a guy like you, where. If someone doesn't know about comedy, they probably assume, oh, Burke gets drunk before the show. Oh, my God. He goes yes. on stage, takes his shirt off, and wings it. Yeah. Like, the, I... There's I, a compliment there because you make yeah. it look so easy. I think you are, like, you know, like you... Right? I mean... I think I think people people definitely feel like I've never written it. However, I watched Stanhope, and I was like... I was shocked to know he wrote his. Because yeah. you watch it, and it's so stream of consciousness. Yeah, right. That you're like... Clearly, these are written, but it just seems like it belongs coming out of his mouth. Yeah. Do you think even Robin Williams had some sort of a map or a game plan? He had to, right? Yeah, I think he had But he to. still just was... Still an expert improviser. Yeah. Gave yeah. himself so much freedom to just go off course. I think the most it. shocking thing about me is I do not perform drunk. Like, I, I don't get drunk before I go on stage. I do not like being drunk. It's one of the reasons I don't like doing sets in the city. It's because, like, cause like uh, I would love to have a cocktail today. Like, yeah. I would love to be... I would love to, like... I love. I love fucking bar over there. Yeah, I know, and but I can't because I'm doing a show tonight. So what I do is I bring my first drink on stage, Mm -hmm. and if I do two shows, I bring my first drink on stage. You'll notice I don't even drink it. Yeah, like I'll sip at it, but I don't. I have no buzz. I don't drink in between shows, and then I do the second show. That's when I'll have a cocktail. I'll have one cocktail, and if people send shots, I'll usually do the shots. But I'm not fucking blitzed. I'm focused on material. Can't be. Yeah. Was there a time when you were, and then it just? Oh yeah. 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 There was a too many too many times. It was that time when, like, when we were all, I say like me, Steve Burn, Buns, uh, Ian Bag. Like, there was a there was a, a group of us that were all like the younger comics, and then you had like the John Morgans and the these okay. crazy road dudes. Yeah, and I got I got more caught up with the myth of what I could be, meaning like I wanted to be the next to tell. Yeah. As opposed to, oh, that's right, I forgot I like to tell because of his material, not because of his lifestyle. <laughs> and I remember going up on stage, I, they used to give me a bucket of beer. And this is in Dayton, they'd bring me a bucket Jeez. of beer, and I'd bring a bucket of beer on stage. And I'd, I'd do the thing, and I remember, we, I'd go on, I always go on stage for a song, it was uh, Black Betty. And they were playing it, <laughs> and I just killed a beer, and I watched Doc in the back nodding, and he goes, two? And I went, oh yeah, and then I killed the second beer. I killed four beers back to back to back before the song was over. No, before I started my set, it was not a good show. (laughs) Well, there are—I mean, forgive the forgive the the, the terminology, but there are sobering moments like that where you you, you go, "Oh, that's not what I should do." Yeah, that's not the way you go about this. You, if you want to take a beer on stage, like I, I set I set the uh, bar record in Calgary. For like most booze sold in the show or in yeah. the evening, you serious? And I didn't even drink that night. Like, but it's like just those fans just go, "We're here to party." Bert's got Tito's and soda. Let's fucking do it. Mm-hmm. Has there been times when fans have tried to like literally take? I mean, obviously drink with you, but like set up full on excursions to where they're like, "Yo, man, we have this bus right outside. It's going to fucking Vegas and then Detroit, so we can drop you." Like <laughs> some full on game plan. I mean, like yeah, Saturday night. 
This past Saturday. It happens all the time. It happens all the time. Hey, dude, I got a lake house. We got a bonfire. Oh we got mushrooms. God, we got re- every fucking late show, there is someone saying. Yeah. No, I'm not even saying. Every single late show I ever do. Bachelor party this, every time. This one yeah. was, uh, we got a bus. We're going to take you to the airport. Come party with us. We'll drive around until you, because I, I was getting dropped off at five. Yeah. It's like two in the morning. They're like, come around, drive around with us. We're going to go party. We'll go back. We'll drop you off at the airport. You'll be fine. Go get your bags. And I was like, no, ladies. Huh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you say that? yeah, 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 yeah. Well, and, and you, like, I don't know if you used to do that maybe like in your 20s or something, but like, I certainly did. And then I, then I found out like, oh, they just want you to keep performing. For another three hours. Yes. My realization was, yeah. oh, this is how you fall through a plate glass window and cut your face. <laughs> like this is that's how that you introduce that. What? Yeah. Oh my god, what happened to Bert? No, it's because I didn't fucking do the responsible thing and walked back to my yeah. hotel room. Yeah. And like and and I remember one time I was I went back to a house party and uh, and they were all smoking weed and I'm like fuck you, I'll smoke weed and then. Uh, I, th- I don't want to say Red Band texted me. Or no, Red Band was with me, mm-hmm. and they were uh, they were videotaping me smoking weed and putting it online. Oh. And I was like, "Yo, you can't do that. I have kids. I have a job. I work Travel Channel." And they're like, "We don't give a fuck." Yeah, and yeah. then I'm like, like looking oh. out for your well being, and you forget that. No, they don't give me. Sh- they just went out that night, and, then, and like, and I, I get yeah, like I, I get offered coke a lot. Like it's people assume I, I assume I'm one thing. By the way, I am part that, but. I am in like when I want to do it, not when the yeah, yeah, yeah. Do it, you know? not not on demand. Yeah, there was a uh, my my moment of that was when uh, I, I, I wanted to hook up some girl, and she was like, "Oh, well, I'm going to this house party that's like an hour and a half drive away, but don't worry, we'll party, and then I'll drive to the airport." And this and and, and this was before the days of Uber, so I went out there and was like, "All right," and then she passed out, and was like, "Oh, who's gonna take me to the airport?" And not one person at that party was like, "Sure, I'll take." Like I was stuck. Yeah, I was just stuck, so I had to call a cab, and the cab got me. I barely made the flight, and, and the cab was like 150 bucks, and it was like, okay, I can't do that. Kind of shit. Yeah, yeah. Especially the older you get, like I now, like I have a hard time putting stuff on Instagram because my daughters see it. Like I have a hard time. They're at that age. I, yeah, I how? Ask you about that. Well, I want to know how. First of all, I your your involvement with your kids and how like much <laughs> they're a part of your life and your comedy is. I mean, I don't have kids. I have twin nieces. I love them a lot. I can't imagine. My sister tells me, I'm like, I can't imagine, she's like, you got to have them. And I'm like, man, I can't imagine loving my like kids more than I love my nieces, right? Yeah. Uh, because the first four years, they're seven now, the, uh, they didn't have a dad. So I was like up there all the time to be a male influence in their life. But she's yeah. like, no, when they're yours, it's completely different. Cool. And I see your involvement with them and how much your life is just revolves around it. And then the material you have like in uh, uh, The Machine, your Showtime special, like your story, it's like, it's incredible. And it's really, it makes me want to... The way they're involved in your life and how much you talk about and care about makes me uh, go, oh shit! I think it is possible to do both. You know what I'm saying? It's funny when people come over to my house, and I think you probably felt this as well. But when people come over to my house to do my podcast, um, they always say like, like Godfrey was over there the other night, Godfrey Danchima, and he was like, uh, oh man, you're like a grown up. Like you have like a family and shit. Like you're like a real dad. You have chickens in your backyard. Yeah, I have chickens in my backyard. Crusher. We got a rescue cat, two dogs. Our bikes are always out. Yeah, like, our like, bikes are always like, out. It's, it's and like, ready to ride. Yeah, it's like a real like. My daughters will walk in the middle of a podcast. Yep. They don't give a fuck. My daughters will walk in the middle of a podcast and be like, "Dad, mom says to wrap it up. We got to make dinner." And and you're like, "All right, guys, yeah, so the party's over." I, I remember uh, the the first time I did your podcast. Your he was your youngest. Or Georgia, blonde hair or brown hair? Blonde hair. Georgia. Yeah, G- Georgia was kind of 
curious about what I look like and, yeah. and just kind of walk in and sat in your lap like, okay, I want to see what, what, what this guy talks about. She just told me a joke in the car. We talked about this on the podcast. I think she just told me a joke in the car where the punchline was midget. And I said, in the car, I go, hey, baby, you can't say that. She's like, why not? I said, because it's, I go, that word is like, it, it'll make someone feel like shit. Yeah. Like it, it'll just fuck their day up. I go, not everyone, but some people, they don't like that word. And if you say it, it just ruins her day. Wouldn't it suck if someone said uh, something about your teeth? Because she has uh, rough teeth. She needs to get her teeth fixed. Yeah. No enamel on them. And she's like, well, yeah. And I said, well, then, then don't say it. She goes, yeah, but they're not in the car. And I go, that's not how it works. <laughs> <laughs> you think that's how it works. I mean, it's not how it works. They are midgets. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so that was like Thursday. Brad comes over Monday, and she walks back, and she's like, oh, the motherfucker ratted me out. Like, you brought one over here. Fuck. <laughs> You thought it was like an intervention story. Yeah. Like, I was like, I was going to walk in like, that's not a nice word. I talked about that on stage for like a month after that. It was so funny. The look on her face, I go, George, come on in. She's like, no. <laughs> and then she comes in. I go, this is my buddy Brad. I go, do you have any funny jokes you want to tell him? And she's like, oh, he's in the fucking room. Hey, how, old, how old is she? At the time, she must have been she 10 was... or 8. Wow. Yeah, Ooh. yeah, yeah. Yeah, my nieces are 7 and they love Brad. And then they also ask me every time, they're like, is he talking? Yet, yeah. <laughs> like this is just yeah. a phase. It's a phase. But they saw know? him dance, and then they saw the it was a cat and Sam. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Someone yeah. a Disney Sam show. And cat, yeah. Nickelodeon. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I did a Disney Channel show where I was handcuffed to Ariana Grande for a week. That's the story. Oh my god, <laughs> it's not a good one. Oh really? <laughs> she's not a nice person. Really? No, she's not. She, uh, man, I don't know she can tell this kind of shit on the podcast uh i'll tell you off stage yeah okay okay i got some Ariana Grande stories Wait, do your uh so they at what point did you say all right i'm gonna involve them in my life and, and stand up and have them know like at what point were they curious to be like i want to see what you do so my last special came out and I, I i did it and not not realizing that i talked about them in the show i didn't i mean it just it's it's something you do on the road you know i've been working on that hour since I mean, like, literally probably 2009, it's just all the stuff I'd accumulated. I've been on yeah. Travel Channel. I was just disassociated from my acts. I was like, I was like, yeah, it's, it's a joke, you know? Like, I didn't, I had started writing these when they were so much younger, and they just was no hope of them ever seeing it. Right. And then Georgia, my oldest, was like, said to my, my wife, she's like, hey, can I watch Dad's Hour special? And my wife's like, sure, wait, hold on, I don't know. She's <laughs> like, hang on, actually talk to Dad about that. So I, I, she comes in, she's in my bedroom one morning. It's like a Saturday. She's like, hey, I want to see your hour special. I, I know there's inappropriate parts, but I just want to see a little bit of it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, so I play it. I don't, you know, I don't realize that she doesn't know anything about what I do. Anything. This is the first time she's seen ever. Wow. I mean, she's, as a baby, baby, they saw me on stage, like baby. But they yeah. come, but before, when yeah. they, they couldn't hear me. Yeah. They didn't understand. And then now she's going to process it all and right. understand and see. I mean, first thing she says is, why would you take your shirt off? <laughs> and I go, oh, I just do that. She goes, oh my God. She goes, you have your shirt off for the whole thing? And I go, oh my God. Like, this is such a part of my life that I never realized she doesn't know that right. I just performed shirtless. And for you, it's normal. And then you and then, and then you go, oh yeah, what if my dad had just been like, just showing me a video? Just off and kill a beer. Like, <laughs> and, then, and, then, and then I stuck. My opening jokes is, my, one of my first jokes is, uh, I, have, I have two daughters. Georgia, blonde hair, blue eyes, 12 years old, real smart, and I got another one. And, <laughs> and Georgia goes, whoa, and hits pause. She goes, has Isla seen this? And I was like, 
oh, hold your fucking horses. Wait to see the next joke. The next joke's about Isla putting her finger in, the a- in her ass and putting it in the dog's mouth. And George is like, holy shit. She's like, Dad, has Isla seen any of this? I go, no. And she goes, do not show this to you. Man, thank God that was a reaction. Not, yeah. I'm going to go tell Isla yeah. unless you pony the no, cash. She's got man. Dad's back. Yeah, 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 and, yeah. So, uh, and so then Isla comes in. She's like, hey, can I watch your hour special? And I was like, did you talk to your sister? And she goes, what do you talk about in it? And I was like, I was like, look, we'll let you watch it when you're older, when you're George's age. When, yeah. But now the material I'm working on about Isla now is, is, I wouldn't say it's worse, but it is, I have not stopped. Like, it you is, can't, dude. Well, because they keep going. They keep having stories. Dude, I'm writing jokes about her that aren't, I don't even have to fucking write. Yeah. I don't even have to fucking write them. Isn't that well, incredible? the story you, uh, I heard on the Kevin Bean show, and the story I heard you tell on that one about uh, there's a there, there's a there's a baseball coach. Dude, <laughs> this is there's. Can I tell you? I get insecure about it because I'm not writing it at all. Like yeah. I didn't write this at all. Yeah. She she goes to softball practice. My boy said, "Go pick her up." So I'm like, "Okay, so I go pick her up." She's like, uh, the coach is. You remember it's Hollywood. So the yeah. coach is practicing without a ball because he doesn't want to introduce failure this early on in the season. What? Thank you. Yeah. It's he's. <laughs> I'm letting you tell the story. I'm not even, no, no, no. Yeah. Please join in if you Mind find ball? something funnier in it, it, it. It's just like he's miming hitting the ball. That's it. I'm gonna, I got to use that because I, I yeah. don't know if I'm clear enough. I'm going to yeah. start saying that. Yeah, he's miming. miming hitting the ball. Like He's got a ball in his hand. He's like, all right, ladies. He's got him all in position. Run, run, first and second. Ground ball, Lily. Where he do we he go? does the sound, too. He does the sound, yeah. everything. Lily Fromkin at third base fields it perfectly. <laughs> By the way, that's the kid's real name. <laughs> what is it? Lily Fromkin. I took her home from play practice yesterday. Great last name. Stands on, it, it is a great last name. Fromkin. Stands on third, throws it to second. She catches it, throws it to first. Way to go, girls. Triple play. This tri- They bring it in for high fives. They just turn to triple play. Are the high fives mine too? Or is it, are those no. They're, yeah. they're real. Oh, they're real high fives. Real high fives, no ball. <laughs> Real victory, no yeah, victory. Yeah, that's yeah, the, yeah. By the way, that's the poster for the whole season. Yeah. Real high fives, no ball. Yeah. Real high fives, no ball. Parents are miming praise from the yeah. side. <laughs> Real victory, no win. <laughs> that's so inspiring, though. So, so, I'm going to be using a lot of this in the yeah. joke. Guys. Yeah. So, so, uh, so my daughter's in center field. And he's like, all right, all right. Base is loaded. Fly up all the Isla. And immediately, my daughter starts backing up. And then all of a sudden, looks over her head and starts turning around to run like it went over her fucking head. There's no ball. Who fails in their own imagination? <laughs> what the fuck? The coach was like, I guess I hit it over her head. He's all fucking really pumping his chest up. That's what that bad that's She throws her glove in the air. She's like, fuck it. And then I call my wife. I go, you're never going to believe what your moron daughter just did. She's like, don't shame her. That's her beautiful little brain. I don't want to break it. I'm like, I think it's fucking broken. And I'm riding home with her in the car, and I say to her, I go, finally, I'm like, yo, Ada, what happened with that fly ball? And she goes, yep, coach really got a hold of that. <laughs> it is, and by the way, and I'm, I'm not even joking. I there is no, I didn't touch that story at all. That's my laziness. Is I'm telling the story straight as it is. Yeah. I, I should. Be doing what you guys just did. Real high fives, no ball. Yeah. Like, I should be getting into the story, but, yeah. but that's me. I got to get into a story and get bored of it. Totally. Bit, and right. then I start going. Yeah, then you try to like, find new creative ways to make Real high fives, yeah. no ball. 
That's his, their, their motto for the season. Real victory, <laughs> lost the game. No way. Yeah, that's what you can see. Yeah, they're going in for high fives. All real. Yeah, I know what you're thinking. So, Those are real. Yeah. And so, uh, but yeah, that kid is just so interesting. And she, like, she's she a, the one that asked in your, uh, by the way, The Machine, your Showtime special, oh, streaming right now. Yeah. So fucking Hell good. Yeah. Thank you. You saw that at Irvine Improv? Mm-hmm. Gorgeous. I love, it. I love that room so much, and I never have seen anything. Dude, it, you did it right, man. It was the amount of cameras, the shots, the some down from the audience. Uh, I got lucky because I think a couple people had shot there before me, and they had, and we just learned off the, what they didn't do right. Oh, like, yeah. you needed a stage to jet out, which I would never yeah. do. Right, right, but, right. But if you don't, it, it gives it a depth. That it was a, it was, I really was very happy with it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. She was the one that um, uh, wanted you to pick her up and bail out of school. Yeah. yeah. Another great. Yeah. Another great story and also it's like you're the perfect it's like these stories are so I, I can tell like probably relatable to so many parents but even for somebody that's not a parent you're the perfect guy to tell these stories because you're like the ultimate cool dad you know you're, oh. you're living in both worlds still so well I, I feel, feel like. like I feel like I relate to the dad I used to say to my wife used to say Bert's the dad that you hope to see at the party your kid's birthday party because you know he brought beer <laughs> like, like I never go to a birthday party sober. Like, no, yeah. I, like everyone says, kids have a birthday party. I'm bringing cigars and beers and maybe a one hit. I feel like that's a no brainer, right? Oh no, no, because no, those no. parties are. There's a lot of parties where righteousness is what's served. Yeah, and you're like, and then if someone drinks, they're like, oh my god, James is drinking. And oh like, god, I can't wait. Birthday, dude. I'm that guy now for my friends' kids' birthday parties because I'm yeah. the single guy there, and they're like, yeah. "Oh, you're living that sweet life, huh? Oh. No kids, no wife. Come, come get fucked up." I'm like, first of all, I'm not even getting fucked up. It's one drink. Yeah. I'm not gonna Will Ferrell it into the pool and fucking take a blowout to the yeah. neck. But that's but, well, sometimes I've done that. Yeah, like, that's the other part. <laughs> that, I've definitely, and, I've definitely had those spin outs. And sometimes <laughs> that happens, and people are like, "I'm glad that happened because it made yeah. this party more fun." Hey, but you know, yeah, uh, uh, I have a, I have a niece, and nephew. My nephew had his uh, thir- third. Third birthday party. Got the damn bounce house. All yeah. all the kids are jumping in it. I get drunk. What is he? Like, is he in the present? Oh, 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 yeah. See, Adam, after describing how he how he's a single man, uh, had to get it from the podcast because he got postmates. What's <laughs> that? Uh, he's why? got postmates. Yeah. Oh, my God. Diet Coke. Yeah, baby. Wait, what's postmates? Oh, we're going to change your life. Oh, postmates. I mean, they're not a sponsor, but they should be. It's like, um, dude, it's a, it's an app. It, it's an app. And they basically, dude, restaurants, anything you want. I've had them deliver dry cleaning. I've had them deliver a pair of glasses for me. Yeah. There's a there's a little bit extra charge for tip and driving, but, dude, I don't Change your life. fucking have to. Like, for right now, man. I'm like doing it right now. Do it. It's a game changer. Yeah, I'm doing it right now. I mean, it literally, dude, dry <laughs> cleaning, man. There's been times where I've literally had, like, three podcasts in a day, and then... You know, I just I haven't been able to leave, and it's like, hey, you know, uh, food, but also it's like, man, I gotta leave tomorrow for the airport. I don't have time to get my uh, dry cleaning and yeah. fucking Del Brin. One word, Postmates. Oh yeah, yeah, they'll run errands for you and shit. Dude, I'm in. Now we all we also have uh, actual sponsors of this. Yes, we do. <laughs> who, are your, who are your sponsors? Uh, Gamefly.com is a new sponsor. What a great fucking app. What a right. great group of people because game like, yeah. I've, I've heard a great I've, I've known a game fly for as long as they've been around the, I, and i remember getting into game fly and then i always just kept them and buy them from them yeah it's netflix for video games so yeah you, you just get the game and then you play it and if you don't want to play it anymore you send it back or like you if you want to just buy it you can just buy it then from them and yeah, it's I, dude, I have so many freaking video games in my house yeah. for, for just game flies i never returned love that are you a big gamer i, I was for a period i, I was what was happening is i had kids and my wife was getting really angry at me because 
I was not living a life. I was living inside Tiger Woods fucking golf. I was obsessed. God, was I, I created my guy that looked like Patrice O'Neal, and then I called him Patrice <laughs> before he's dead, obviously. <laughs> and uh, and I had him look like Patrice. It was my favorite. Oh, my God. And then, uh, so... What, what is it? Gamefly.com slash ALN? Gameflyoffer.com slash ALN. Okay. ALN, yeah. Gameflyoffer.com slash ALN. Go there, and uh, they'll, 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 it, it helps us, it helps Gamefly, and it helps Burt Kreischer. It does. <laughs> I like that you do your reads right in the middle. I was supposed to do this, but I was This is that. literally the first time we've done it. <laughs> oh, really? Can you, yeah. can you tell? Brad's yeah. like, what's the offer? What? What's the offer? What's the offer? <laughs> It's awesome. so funny. We we use our offers for our ones mm-hmm. and just get the three free shipping. <laughs> <laughs> hey, all I know is I, I want everyone to buy Gamefly because I like Gamefly and I want to play some more games. Are you on Twitch? I'm not on Twitch yet. No. Oh, do you know what it is? It, it's like it's like Periscope for video games, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I, like people watch you play video games. I think they're releasing a podcast oh, man. group. I'd be so, oh man. Because I think and I, Twitch is where the kids they. They get paid to play video games and comment on them, right? Yeah, you know Harley Mordstein? No. Is like he, Harley Mordstein's from Epic Mealtime. Sounds Jewish. I feel like oh, I yeah, Harley. Harley, yeah. yeah. Uh, he's the Epic, oh, the big dude with the beard. Yeah. yeah. He's like, ah, man, I got a Twitch account. I mean, I even have sometimes when I'm out of town, I'll have someone else play my Twitch account, and, and I'll pay him. I'm like, is he just kill? That's his life, huh? Well, he loves video games. So, yeah. he's like, so when he's not filming, he's just playing video games, and then you just make money. Dude, I don't I understand that, that man. money. Yeah, it's. Uh, I think people will they pay to, a service to. I think watch you do it. Yeah, r- uh, right. Ron Funches does it too. And okay, I'd watch Ron Funches play video games. Okay, hold on. I played video games with Ron Funches. Yeah, I would watch Ron Funches oh, yeah. play video games. Like if you could hear him going, oh, first time I played video games with Ron was in Vancouver. We were both. I was at the Comedy Mix. He was at Yuck Yucks, and and he goes, you want to come over and smoke weed and play video games? I go, hell yeah. He goes, okay. And so then I meet him over there, and we get super high, and we're playing a wrestling game, obviously. He's a big wrestler. And uh, and I'm just fucking just hitting buttons like Street Fighter. Yeah, button smashing. And, and as I'm hitting, he just starts he just starts laughing. He goes, <laughs> he goes oh, you just a button smasher. He goes, this is going to be easy. And then he's just commentating my whole time as I'm like losing. And that was like so entertaining. And so, yeah, it makes perfect sense. A guy like that that's just... Yeah. But he plays a lot too. I did it. I did it. Did you have do you for- done Kimberly Congdon and Sarah Weinshank's podcast? No. Uh, do you know? You know who they I know are? Kim, yeah. 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 They have a Very podcast. Funny. I forget the name of it, but you go over, you get in your pajamas, and you play new video games that you've never played before. Oh. And it it is pretty funny. But uh, but that, I think they're through Twitch. I had a lot of fun doing it. I was like, oh, I think I get the idea. I just don't know where it would find a place in my life because once I start a video game, I'm. Yeah. I get obsessive. Same here. I have like uh, when those uh, when 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 one thing I loved about uh, GameFly is I got the uh, Batman games from it and all the uh, Arkham City Arkham. Oh, I was really? I, I, I was gone. Now I'm a, I'm a skateboard, snowboard, golf. Well, guess what, Bird? They have all those games for Xbox, Xbox 360, PS3, PS4. Nintendo Wii and 3DS, so go to GameFlyOffer.com slash ALN to get a 30-day free trial. What's the new What's the new <laughs> console? Uh, oh, the... PS Vita? No, no, the, um, uh, it's the Nintendo DS where you can, like, take it. Uh, Switch. Uh, N- Nintendo Switch. Yeah? Yeah, and then, like, I, I just got the PlayStation VR. Yeah, I was gonna ask you, are you a virtual reality guy? I feel like you would be. No, I, I did it, I've done it a couple times, mm-hmm. only in, like, like people who have VR companies that are trying to get me to do it. Awesome. Yeah. Um, it's overwhelming. But, but, I see, here's my problem is, 
Okay, let's 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 start with my alcohol intake. <laughs> I'm, I'm losing I'm losing portions of my life at times. I'm sure yeah. where I'm just like where I'm like oh, I'm gonna party tonight instead of get work done. Mm-hmm. Like I'm gonna like like tonight. Tonight's a perfect example. We go to the store. We're doing a show at like eight. Joey's driving me over, so I'm gonna have right. cocktails there, and then I will get up late tomorrow and not get shit done. And I'm and I'm in the middle of like a couple of deals, so I'm like, well, I should maybe not drink and awesome. then get shit done. You incorporate video games into that, so then I go out tonight. I wake up tomorrow morning. Kids are at school, wife's over at Girl Scouts getting things ready for Girl Scouts, and I'll smoke a bowl and just play video games for five hours. Yeah. And then and then I'm going, wait, what happened to that five hours? <laughs> Do you know when you get in playing video games so much that you've been playing Tony Hawk's skate, skate, uh, Street Skater, yeah. and you start looking at rails in real life going, God, that would be a good one. <laughs> and you're like, wait, that's not real. That's not real. Uh, I, I, oh, would, shit. I wouldn't be laughing so hard if I didn't do that as well. Oh. Or you, you start being in that game, and God forbid you start playing Grand Theft Auto, and you're like, there's a hooker I could kill. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to run this guy down. <laughs> Duncan Russell one time said, uh, he goes, I want to say I was in the car with him. Maybe I wasn't. I don't remember. Sometimes things mold into one memory. <laughs> and he was looking out and he goes, those look like the mountains of Zoldar. And I was like, what? He's like, I've been playing a lot of videos. Like, Sorry. <laughs> I feel... I, I feel like you could say that for just about any dumb thing you say. Like, it doesn't even have to be related to a video game. You know, it's comedy is that way. When yeah. I, I remember what, changing my brand of comedy. I remember when I first started comedy and I started doing it regularly, I remember going, oh, you do have to carry around a notebook. You do have to remember all these thoughts. You, like, yeah. everything has to be a joke. If you say something funny, you write it down. And yeah. you have to, like, and, and then being like, oh, everything's a joke. And then being at my grandmother's funeral one time going like, it's so fucked up that my brain says this is... I gotta find the humor in this. Yeah, like I gotta find the joke here. Oh, I you don't like that? Yeah. No, I don't mind it at all. But yeah. my dad does not. Oh yeah. <laughs> my yeah. dad's like, "What are you laughing at?" And I was like, "Nothing." He goes, well, "You know what? A fucking funeral." And I go, "No, I just had an idea." He's like, "Are you fucking kidding me?" You're, br- you're brainstorming at a fucking wake. Yeah, and I was like, "Yeah," I was like, "I was like, I got really bummed out because she, just, she doesn't look like herself. She's not smiling." And then I thought. Do I really want her smiling in that box? You know, creepy that would be. She's like, "What's up?" And I started giggling. Dude, that's so I started giggling, and my dad's like, "Fucking stop it!" Yeah. And yeah. then I started crying, and he goes, "Yo, stop fucking crying. Stop with the emotions. You're a man." And then I go, "Oh, this is a bit." I was like, "My <laughs> dad can't live in his emotions." Yeah. I mean, I think we're so fortunate to be able to like have that can uh, get a condition to a point to where that's the way we think. You know, like I, yeah, I, it makes light of everything. I, I talked to Stanhope the other day. I go, uh, "What are you doing?" And he goes, "Uh." Thinking of some goofs, <laughs> and I just thought it was so funny that, that he's like a you know he's like a I'm a 49 year old man and he's probably sitting in his pajamas with a football jersey on with a notebook thinking of some goofs, <laughs> just thinking of some goofs yes. that you pay your yeah. rent. I'll tell you the most surreal thing, and especially if you say it the way Stanhope, if you had Stanhope say it to me, yeah, I, I, I took my family to London and we stayed there for like a week. We went and did some. Cool stuff. We had a driver take us to Warwick Castle. Stopped in Shakespeare's hometown. Amazing. And, and, and went to have lunch at this little inn on the Thames. And, and we were getting out of this car. We have a car service, a driver, and it's a big van. And I get out. My wife says, can you believe that just you thinking of silly thoughts can pay for this? And I went, oh. and it, but it's Stanhope. They're like, you're paying for this with your goose? <laughs> I just, I just had a moment like that because uh, yeah. I just I just took a vacation to Hawaii. I was in Maui for a week uh, with my fiance. Just like I paid for this with jokes. jokes, just jokes, like simple weird thoughts that I had on head or some 
that some some that pissed me off. I'm like, oh man, I can't wait to talk about this in front of a group of strangers. And then I do, and then now I get to get on beach and map. Like that's yeah, weird. It doesn't make sense at all. It's like you're like this. There's no way. This oh, I was in uh, I was in uh, I forget the name of the. I wish I remember the, the Jamaica Inn. In, in Jamaica. That's a, it's a beautiful place. If you ever get a chance. Is that the one that's on the rocks where people are diving off of it? No. No, okay. Jamaica Inn. It's a little... It's not in a resort town, so it's mm-hmm. a little off the beaten path. Right. And I'm staying on... In one of the big suites. It's a, it's its own little... Like, self-enclosed house. And it's not attached to the hotel, but it's part of the property. And it's on a peninsula. And I wake up in the morning. My call time's at like 7. And I wake up at like 6. The sun's coming up. And I have an infinity pool that's been warmed. And I get in oh, naked. Yeah. And I'm sitting, leaning, like, elbows on the edge, looking at this peninsula as the sun comes up. And it's just waves gently coming in. And this uh, older black woman, a little overweight, comes in with Jamaican coffee and breakfast. Oh. It's like a po- two poached eggs uh, some and toast. And comes in and puts it on the table. I'm naked, mind you. And she just goes, boy, how do I get this life? <laughs> and I went... And I thought the real answer is yeah. you you fuck around in college and you don't work, and then Hope Rolling Stone magazine discovers you, and then you move to, <laughs> to New York and you party your dick off, you rob a train here and there, yeah. you, you fight a bear, you never say no to any job that's ever been offered, and and I was like, this there is no formula for how you get no, here. No. It's just like I don't know. <laughs> Happens what a great answer! Yeah. It's just such a fucking bizarre it's a path. Shoot. Have you really just always said yes to everything? Is that everything? Do you I feel just like, recently started saying no? Like, do you feel like it, when people like if comics were to ask you for like advice, would that be your main Say thing? Yes to everything. Yeah. Why? Why? Well, like, like you, everything's a learning experience. Like, not you're not gonna not one out of every fifteen projects you do is gonna be successful. I think. I mean, that's at least my ratio. Is like I've had a few things that are not even successful, just paid, right. and I've probably done. I've probably done 30 pilots yeah. wow. to be conservative. But you, you got to remember, I'm older than you guys, and I'm also, I came up at a time, I came up at a time where, where everything was very professionally done, meaning like you shot on Sony 800s, like the big cameras with yeah. discs and uh, and tape stock. I remember having tape stock, and everything was really expensive. To do a pilot was like 150 grand. And then, all of a sudden, I did my first TV show for like a year and a half, I did a pilot for CBS, and then, like, almost overnight, technology changed, and they were using DV tapes, and it was cheap. But the camera cost twelve hundred bucks, and you could start a production company with with twenty grand, and you could make pilots. And they paid ten grand for a pilot, and you just did everything. I did everything. I did a I did a show for and I did a bunch of shows for Animal Planet. I did the show called Leaping Llamas. I did this show called called uh, World Search for the Fluffiest Dog. I did. Men did everything for everyone. And I did a, a show, what? you know, like Celebrity Poker. I did it with Celebrity Bowling. Like, I hosted everything. What was Leaping Llamas about? I mean, is that a... Dude, this is such a funny fucking story. This is <laughs> and the... was Lorenzo Llamas involved? Uh, <laughs> no, he wasn't, although I have worked with him. <laughs> I, uh... Leaping Llamas sounded like something the old Robin would say from the 1956 Batman. Like, Leaping Llamas, Batman! Yeah, well, that was the tentative name for the pilot. So what I would do is I would go in and I'd enter animal competitions around the world. Yeah. And I would... I had done an, also done a pilot called The Cinderella Story where I entered competitions around the world and with no training, no insight what the competition was until I got there to see if I could come from out of nowhere and be The Cinderella Story. Like, like the, the, the gotcha. remember the guy who won the Texas Hold'em Buttermaker or whatever? Yeah, yeah, yeah. To yeah, be yeah. that guy, come from out of nowhere 
and win it. And I did the uh, Scottish Highland Games in Long Beach, and I came in second. Oh, my God. So that tape goes around. A bunch of people, you know, it's, it's the fucked up part of this business, but a bunch of people wanted to do it, but they didn't know. They didn't want to. They were still subscribed to this production company deal system, so it, it didn't sell, but Animal Planet's like, fuck it, we could do someone similar to it. So we do this. So the idea is, I'm going to a llama festival. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'm I'll, watching I'll, right now. <laughs> I'll spend all day learning about all the things at this festival, but ultimately my job is to go in and comp- compete in the llama competition. Mm-hmm. To get a llama, to go in, uh, you do a, a bunch of a bunch of series of, uh, of exercises with your llama in front of the judges. <laughs> like, like walk them through things. Uh, they like an to, obstacle course. They're, blind, they're blindfolded. You walk them through like an obstacle course. You see if they can catch a, uh, an invisible fly ball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You, and you name it. You name it. Your llama has to be groomed. It's, it's a presentation. Yeah. And then the finale. This is my favorite part. This is what I loved about these projects. That were, it made them brilliant. The finale was you and your llama had to put on like a short two-minute play. Oh, my God. <laughs> This Romeo, Romeo. <laughs> it's so. What about that llama? So the, now this is this is things have changed a tad bit in television production, but at the time, as a host, you had no insight. You just the producers producers did everything, and they and they were like, all right. So we get there. They um, I haven't met my llama yet, and they're like, you and your llama. That's the name of your next special, by the way. I haven't met my llama yet. They're like, you and your llama. Uh, <laughs> your llama is really cool. It's it's really chill. It's a chill llama. And they're like, uh, and they're like, but you're, the, the the thing that's gonna bring it home is you and your llama are gonna recreate Rocky Three. <laughs> Mr. T. So you're gonna be dressed as Rocky, and the llama's gonna be dressed as Mr. T. <laughs> and we're you're gonna do a boxing match with your llama. You're gonna show that you have your llama under control. So you're gonna throw punches at your llama, and uh, and then your llama's gonna gonna. Uh, Get knocked out, and then you guys will. Dun, 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 oh you know, my god! Your llama's gonna get knocked out, like like the like the animal's just gonna know to fall over. It's gonna well, supposedly if you have a trained llama. Now is somebody over there talking to the llama, doing the same thing? Like, all right, I just talked to Bert. So you guys, <laughs> they have a, they have a little girl who, by the way, is like our our, our fixer, but she's this little girl. It's her, it's her llama, and she's taught the llama everything. Oh my god! So, so I go cool. So I go. Let me meet my. Wasn't llama. that a Dakota Fanning movie where there was like a kid where a kid taught a llama how to live? <laughs> Sounds like it. Yeah. So I they go. Let's I go. Let's meet my llama. So we go over and I see my llama and I go. I go. It's white. I go. What the fuck? Why are you getting me a black llama? <laughs> like, why would you get, and they go. Well, part of the thing of this is, you know, to show you how control of a llama is to how much you can, stuff you can put on the llama. So, uh, so you know, that's why we picked Mr. T. We're gonna put necklaces. We got boxing gloves for its feet. Black we face. Got pants. And yes. Oh. A black hood with red lips with oh, eyes. Oh no. And I'm like, bro, we're putting my llama in blackface. And I'm like, what's up, blackface? Like, it's just part of the costume. And I go, no, 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 no. This is blackface. Yeah. You're putting my llama in fucking blackface. In fucking minstrel stereotypical. Yeah. Oh, that's like, not good. It'll be fine. By the way. Nope. You can tell I look like Rocky. You cannot tell this looks like Mr. T. It just looks like a pimp. It's got gold chains on it all over. Earrings. It's got a mohawk. It's By the got- way, maybe they're trying to set up for Llama Pimp, the spinoff. Dude, and I take it out, and it looks like I'm just beating up a black person. 
Who I then Nobody beat knows up. it's Mr. No T. Knows it's Mr. <laughs> uh, no, the audio you. sucks. You can't hear Eye of the Tiger at all. <laughs> no, they're, they're just like, are, are he and Llama doing a scene from Roots? Dude, like, what the hell by the way, by the way, this exact producer was so much fucking fun to work with. I kept working with him because of things like that. Because you'd do stuff like that, and you'd go, you'd be laughing hysterically going, I am just doing, I'm beating up a black person. He did one, we did this one where we had to go and it was World Search for the Fluffiest Dogs. Oh, by the way, I worked with I worked with this guy and this director a number of fucking times because they it was the true chaos. It was so much fun. So we go to this one, we're looking for the World's Dancing Dogs, and we need judges. So they're like, oh, uh, get, it's World's Dancing Dog. We need a judge. So they go, okay, very simple, very simple. You're going to go up, you're going to pull up to this house, you're going to knock on the door, the lady's going to come out, you're going to say, hey, I'm... Looking around for dancing dogs, you know, anyone could be a judge. He's going to go, oh, yeah, Ron, he's an old cowhand. He lives down this, down on my property. We're going to find him, and it's going to be great. He'll, then you'll find Ron. You'll go, this is a perfect judge, and that's it. I go, okay, cool. I go, what am I, uh, why do I knock on her door? And he's like, to get her to answer it. And I go, no, 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 like, what's my motivation? Like, there's got to be, like, a motivation. Like, you'll just go drive up to someone's house and knock on their fucking door yeah. and not have anything to say. He's like, I think you're overthinking it. And I was like, I'm pretty sure I'm not overthinking it. Like, I've never knocked on someone's door, and then they answer it, answer it and I go, hi, I'm Bert. Like, and he goes, uh, just trust me, you're overthinking it. Just do it. So I go up, I pull up, because we have a car sponsorship. I hit the alarm. I go up to the door, I knock on it. She answers the door, and she goes, you must be Bert. And I go, how does she know who I am? <laughs> Are you looking for Ron? And they're, and they're like, oh, hang on, cut, cut. <laughs> they're like, Brenda, can you make him work for it a little more? <laughs> And they're like, they're like, yeah, yeah. So I'll do it better this time. They're like, just don't be so forthcoming. Like, yeah. you know, there's a stranger knocking on your door. So I come up again. I knock on the door, and she doesn't open it. She goes, who is it? I'm like, it's Bert. She goes, Bert who? I'm like, I'm from Animal Planet. She's like, why are you here? I'm like, oh, <laughs> Jesus Christ. They're like, gonna guess in something. So, so finally, we get in her house after like twelve takes. We get in her house, and she goes on this racist tirade about Mexicans and Canadians. <laughs> what? I don't know. Unprovoked. I'm like. laughing so fucking hard because she says, "I said, so you must raise." She raises uh, 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 premium stallions, and she wow. goes, "Yeah, and premium stallions." And she, I go, "What are premium stallions?" She goes, "Well, let me tell you what's wrong with Canadians." <laughs> <laughs> And then starts to dissect Canadians and how they oh eat God. horses and they're not good with horses. And then she goes, the best thing about Mexicans is they're very simple people. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. In my head, I'm like, we can't use any of this. Yeah, yeah. So finally, I just go, where's Ron? <laughs> we go down. We see Ron. And Ron is a homeless guy that lives on our property. And he is showering with a hose naked when we see him. And we're like, we're going to wait for Ron. <laughs> we got a whole film crew. No one can film Ron. And then all of a sudden... The barn doors kick open, and a Mexican guy comes out and goes, sees the film crew, and he goes, oh, are you guys here to see the horses fuck? And, like, and, and I'm like, yes, we are. We bail into we this, and it's happening so fucking fast, and my crew has never been better. They're like, we're on it. Good. The guy comes out stroking a horse's cock to keep it hard. I swear to you all my children, stroking a horse's cock. You see me cut two camera? No one shake hands with this guy. Back to the scene. <laughs> All of a sudden, they bring the girl horse in. Her her tail is tied to the side, and her, she's in heat. Her vagina is going. Oh. I'm like, yo, do we have audio on that? Yeah. Boom, mic right up to the vagina. 
one of my cameramans climbing in the rafters going, I got a great wine of this, Bert. I need you guys to back out. She said, it's so fucking perfect. The stallion gets up. Literally, it's the most violent thing I've ever seen. I was seen. just going to say. Bites the mane and fucks her three pumps, hops off. I step in front of both horses, two cameras go, turns out I do fuck like a stallion. <laughs> it was the great, and, and they're like, never going to be able to use that. But it was the greatest bit of hosting I've ever done oh in my fucking life. Oh my God. But those were the fucking, that, that was like every pilot I did for, yeah. until, until my, until I got Birth Conqueror, and then I, and, and then once I did Birth Conqueror, by the way, Birth Conqueror was no different. There were so many fuck ups with that. And with Trip Flip, that's just production. Right. But, uh, but yeah, and then but don't you think like your your go with the flow attitude oh, yeah. like that's that helps and doing and like you're saying like every project like bleeds into the next whether you see it or not in that moment so you just you being so yes Andy and going for it and, and your crew being like that like that set you up for Bertha Cochran uh, to be so this successful. is one of the directors I worked with is one of the funniest fucking guys his name's Mike McNamara if you ever get a chance to work with him work with him he is so. I worked with him on, I think, both of those last projects. He was just a director, not the producer. I won't say the producer's name because I don't, I, don't, I don't want it to sound like I'm talking bad about him. But Mike McNamara, I go to do a show for Red Bull called On the Wings of Glory. And I meet with the two producers. By the way, these two producers I'm working on another project with right now, and I didn't realize it. They're just fun as fuck. Just fun people to work with. That's all that matters in this business. Yeah, right? If you're fun, you'll work for the rest of your fucking life. Yeah, yeah. People always want to work with you. So I go to do this Wings of Glory thing. And it's like some studio wraparounds around for a documentary. And then I got to do the flu talk for the Red Bull. I oh, yeah. Yeah. So they go, we're looking at directors. Do you have any insights? And I go, who are you looking at? And they're like, they show me a list. And I go, dude, Mike McNamara. This guy's so fucking fun. He's the guy that when we were shooting one show, I was pretending to be the producer. So I had ears on me. Mm-hmm. And one of the things... Uh, they, as I'm supposed to play at a kid's party. Spider-Man comes out. He's like, cover, you hear him in the thing, cover Spider-Man, but I don't think we're going to get clearance to cover Spider-Man. And then he goes, no, 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 scrap that. Spider-Man's clearly not wearing underwear. <laughs> <laughs> so we go do All the Wings of Glory, and we go to do the Flutog thing. And by the way, you're making like, I made like 35 grand to do this. It's, it's, no, a, it's a payday for, it's yeah. a payday. Tell me what the Flutog is, you don't know. You create your own plane, yeah. and you fly it off of a structure, usually about 50 feet in the air, like or something and like see that. if it can fly. Yeah. We're doing it off an aircraft carrier in Philly. Oh my God. In I Camden. Got I got to announce one of those one time. It was some of the most fun I've ever had. Uh, I was not announcing. Yeah. Uh, who was announcing was, um, oh shit. He tours sometimes with Aziz. Oh, fuck. He's a comic you'd know him in a heartbeat. Dan, Dan. Cummins? Dan, no. Dan. Uh, no, fucking maybe it's not Dan. God damn it, I'm sorry. <laughs> anyway, uh, we get to Philly. We've done the whole, all the wraparounds. We go and we've got a whole thing and the weather's horrible. There's a hurricane coming up the coast and they're going to call it off. So we're up on the top and, uh, and the fucking <laughs> chief of police comes up. And he's like, and we're all sitting on the top of this aircraft carrier, 50 feet above the water. And the water's rushing underneath the aircraft carrier. And they're like, yeah, it's not safe. We're going to call it off. And the chief of police goes, let me tell you something, people. I got about 2 million people standing around waiting to see people fly off this thing. Now, I understand that you have none of these people, but surely there's one person you've paid to go off this, and that person's going off fucking now. And Mike McNamara goes, I'd start walking away if I was you. <laughs> and so I went off and I fucking fell off an aircraft carrier and they had like lifeguards to grab me so I didn't go underneath it. It was yeah. fucking insane. But Holy this guy, shit. This guy, Mike Merrick Mary, made that show so fun that even in that moment, you're like, oh, he was just the best. Did, yeah, because the, the flu top flying machines, for those of you who don't know this, almost never work. Like never, they 98% never work. 98% 
failure rate. They had, they had there's a like news one lady. that flies twenty feet, and that's a success. They had a news lady yeah. do it, and she broke her back. Oh shit! She was basically on what you would consider a pool table. <laughs> like it looked like a pool table, and she just they went off, and it landed flat, like, and she and she. Just sat and it fucking cracked her back. Oh, oh shit. dude, people get fucked up. Dude in front of me breaks his femur. Yeah, and they're like, "Wow!" Some one of the one of the one of the EMTs like, "That's a game changer." <laughs> and you're like, Come "Is on. it a broken femur? You, you're going yeah. to live a very different life for the rest of your life." Yeah, Fuck. you're, you're, you're definitely going to gain weight, change yeah. your name, probably. You, you might have to walk with a limp. Like it is a game changer. I've seen broken femurs a lot in my business. Do you think when you fuck up your femur, oh. you're uh, uh, is that like you bring that up in conversation almost immediately at parties? Because you're uh, six hundred pounds, yeah, you gain weight, and when you break the femur, you gain weight immediately. You probably have to be. Hopefully, you have an F name, so you can be like you know femur Frank or something Frankie like that. Femur. <laughs> Frankie femur, yeah, yeah. So that like there's a there's a fun way to segue. Yeah, exactly. You end up buying a lemur. Yeah. Like, <laughs> this is my lemur. I broke my femur. My wife's a screamer. <laughs> Boy, Frank's a lot of fun. Yeah, Frankie femur, dude. Funny shit. Pre femur, Frank was a piece of shit. <laughs> I thought he got meaner. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to do things in my life. Because I'm a dreamer. <laughs> I apologize the mess. I'm usually cleaner. <laughs> hey. Femur. Hey, when we go to her house, we're giving her a Cleveland steamer. <laughs> oh, my God. What? Uh, I uh, love how much fun you have in everything you do. It's, just, do. it's just... Bert the Conqueror, we got to yeah. talk about... I know you probably run, run through the ground, but, like, I, I am terrified of roller coasters. I've done them a bunch... Because I've gotten peer pressured, because peer pressure is a real thing. And if you're an adult and you're like, oh, I can say no. No, you can't, man. Because there's always someone to tug at the right heartstring, you know, and, and and just you can succumb to it so easily. So I've been on them, but I'm fucking terrified. And watching video clips of you doing some of them, like, I've gotten sick watching those videos. I can't imagine doing that shit. I want to know just real quick where the idea for the show come from and was it the most fun ever? The They wanted to do man versus food on roller coasters. So, like, the two things that rated really high and still do on Travel Channel uh, are roller coasters and food. That's it. Everything else doesn't get ratings. I mean, that, no, I'm not saying that. I mean, I'm sure, like, Booze Travelers doing well, yeah. uh, Expedition Unknown's doing well, but nothing that, that, that ever ever in their history has ever done as well as Man vs. Food and Birds Conquer. They're the two highest rated shows I've ever had. And, but mostly because it's roller coasters. People like roller coasters. Yeah, yeah but, but and they like you. And you have to. It was more roller coasters to be dead last No <laughs> way. Way. I disagree. I, I, would, I think you'd be shocked. <laughs> and so... Uh, you can't put Ryan Seacrest on those coasters yeah. and have it be just as hilarious. They put a lot of other people on. <laughs> they, so anyway, they've, uh, they, they came to me and they're like, and they were like, we want you to do like man versus food, but for thrill rides. It was, it was all thrill rides. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I was like, I'll pass. And then they were like, the... They were like, just set us a meeting up with the production company. The production company is Sharp Entertainment, and they did Man vs. Food. I love Man vs. Yeah, food. So and I was like, I'll take the meeting, but I'm going to pass. And so I took the meeting with Dan Adler and another girl. I don't know who she is. And I passed it. I passed on the Skype. I just wanted to talk about Man vs. Food. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to pass. And they're like, really? And I'm like, yeah, I have no interest because I had done Hurt Burt, and I had almost gotten killed on Hurt Burt. And so I was like, I got mauled by a bull. And I was like, yeah, I'm done with that shit. And he was like, well, I wish you'd reconsider. And then the president at the time flew out. By the way, this would have been a very different. Had I just said yes, then I would still, I would probably be a very different person because I would. Birth Conqueror would have been the biggest show you've ever seen because it was a different people group of people that ran the network at the time, gotcha. and they wanted it so bad, yeah, so badly they wanted it. The president flew out. 
The vice president flew out. They took me to lunch, and they were like, please say yes, please say yes, just do this, say yes. And I was like, finally I said, I'll do it for a price. I'll do it, I wrote down a price. Yeah. And then, and then, and then I was like, give me your offer if it's close to that. And it was exactly that number, and I was like, pocket looks like I'm doing it. And so then I did it, and, uh, and the pilot was so fucking good. It was so fun, and it was so real. Like, I don't like scripted reality. I don't like, like, you walk up, and you're like, hey, I'm looking for Bill. Is Bill here? Well, I'm Bill. Yeah. Like, I, yeah. I, I oh, yeah. Do you got a roller coaster I can ride? Yeah. It's so fucking Where's cool. Where's Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so I don't lie. I, didn't, I knew that I didn't like doing it, and this was just me being real. Like, yeah. There was no one around. It was me on a roller coaster with a kid, so I could do whatever the fuck I wanted. And I was like, oh, this is funny shit. And then, but I didn't, I'd never ridden a roller coaster before. And so I, I, I ended up, I ended up having panic attacks, but then getting over them, and then they redirected themselves. In I was stuck on a roller coaster one time in uh, Virginia, at, at Rich in Virginia at uh, Bush Gardens, hmm. and the roller coaster got stuck outside the thing, and I was like, oh, that's not bad. In my head, I remember thinking calmly, I have to relax. I don't have to do shit for a while. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And the kid next to me goes, "This is the part that freaks me out." And I go, "I go what?" And he goes, "Can you get out?" And I went, what? He goes, like, if you needed to, could you get out? What? And I go, no. And he goes, oh, that makes me claustrophobic. He goes, at least I can stick my arm out. And the kid stuck his arm out of the thing. He goes, I feel much better sitting like this. And I went, motherfucker. And I started losing my shit. And I was like, someone get me the fuck out of here. Someone get me the fuck oh, out yeah. of here. And I got, I freaked out. And then I started seeing, hearing stories of nightmare situations where people got trapped. Yeah. People got trapped in roller coasters, and they were left there for like four hours. Yeah, there was. Uh, yeah, there was. It one just happened. Time. It just happened in New England. Yeah, and and there's been stories about some people like even get trapped upside down. Yeah, yeah. And I started. Oh fucking my god! Freaking the fuck out! And then I I did two seasons, and then they canceled it. They technically canceled it after the first season, but they I, we could argue here or there, but they canceled it the first season. And then they had to pick it up because it was doing so well. Mm-hmm. So they did a second season. They canceled again. They put me in trip for four years. And then they called up and like, do you want to do one more season of Bird to Conquer? I was like, yeah. And then they did that. And this is the, the like one redeeming part of this. I will say is the new every, every year, every, everyone got fired. New presidents and everything. It felt like it's not exact, but and then a new president came in and she did not like the show. She didn't even watch it. I don't think. And then she was like, yeah, it's not performing well. We're going to, we're gonna bury it. She didn't say that. She said it's not performing well. We thought we'd do better, and it was because they didn't have any promotion for it. And I was like, I was so proud of the product because it was so good. I was like, you know, I said to her, I said, if you just would put some of the clips online, I think it would really help promote the show. She's like, that's not our business. That's not what we do. And I was like, I think it really like there's some really viral clips in there. If you could just put them online, and she was like, yeah, well, it's not what we do. And I was like, okay. And she's like, we do that with our hits, not with shows that aren't hitting. And I go, yeah, but no one's. It's not hitting because no one's seeing it. No yeah. one's seeing it because you're not promoting it. Anything about it? Yeah. So, like a month ago, a girl who works at the network. I'm done with my deal there. I'm not working at Travel Channel anymore. I, I say to, I say out loud, I'm not doing television anymore. And a girl at the network who doesn't know what, what she isn't isn't allowed to post. Mm-hmm. Sees one of the birth conquer clips. Goes, ooh, this is good, and she posts it to Facebook. And the first day, it gets 20 million views. <laughs> I think right now it's at 110 million views. Oh, and then she posts God. another one. It gets another 20 million views, 50 million views, and they start blowing the fuck up. And everyone starts calling me, going, "Holy shit! I guess you were right. Like, have we just promoted this a tad bit? It yeah, might think. have." <clears throat> but no, that they'd rather be right than wrong. And so, and yeah. so, it's part of the reason that I, you know, it's like I'm very skeptical about when I work. If I work for a network, I, like right now, I, I want to sell. I want to sell stuff to production companies to put online. 
I, I'll take less money to do stuff online so that I know people will see it. Yeah. Yeah, unfortunately. I mean, it's, yeah. Because for me, it's about getting eyeballs on the things I do so that people come to my shows. That's all I want. I want people to come to my shows. That's it. I'm a stand-up first. That's number one. How many people did your Speedo video get to shows? <laughs> that, to me, is one of the greatest things I've ever seen on the internet. And the fact that still, your kids are just chilling pinned, in the background. Still pinned on top, on, on top of your Twitter. Oh, it's, dude. So it's, go right to Twitter and watch it. My, that thing got shared so much that day, I feel like. I saw oh. a billion reshots. Tweets and shares of it. That thing was the probably one of the. That was the very beginning of me going like not. I mean, not to say that like everyone's compliment compliments me a lot, but Big Jay Okerson called me, and who I've, I've known a really long time, and he very subtly calls me. Like he calls me when a podcast, do a show, but he calls me and he goes, "Man, he's laughing." He goes, "I have watched that ten times and I can't stop laughing." <laughs> yeah, and in my head, I went, "Oh, that's what you want to do as a comic is get your respect from your peers." Oh yeah. Get your friends to go, hey, man, I like what you're doing. Yeah. Right. So right now, what I did is I hired this kid. I pay him 300 bucks. He comes over once a week. We shoot something. We don't post them all, but we shoot something. What we a just great shoot move. Anything. And then I, I put them on my uh, – I have one coming out Mother's Day that I'll, I'll show you. But uh, Mother's Day week. It's, but, and, that, and by the way, I'm, 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 all about, I'm all about calling out corporate brands. I'll, t- I'll tell you the show You're I gonna sold. You're going to get one. And maybe you have. I don't know. But like, I'll tell you the show I sold after when we're off. But like – so uh, did Speedo do anything that even come from that? Can you? No, but I had a lot of brands come to me going, "We want to be a part." And in my head, I was like, "No, no, no!" It was Speedo. <laughs> I wanted Speedo. Like MeUndies came at me, and they're like, "What if we do a show where you perform in your underwear on Sundays? We'll call it Sundays MeUndies with Burke Kreischer. Yikes! We'll give you ten grand. Oh, I shouldn't maybe say that, but whatever. I'm fuck. Yeah. We'll give you ten grand to do the shows, and then you keep the door. And I was like, "Fuck, that's a great idea." And then my agents were like, "Hold on." You're already the guy that performs shirtless. Do you want to be the guy that performs in his underwear as well? And I was like, yeah, good call. It's, yeah. Like, it's like short money. Yeah, right. But, but uh, MeUndies, we were going to do something. We had another uh, company called, uh, I forget the name, they make bat uh, bathing suits. They were really cool, but they were definitely going to get sued. <laughs> they called their they called their they called their bathing Speedo suits Wars. Speedos. They called yeah. them Speedos. And I go, wait, how can you call them Speedos? And they're like, yeah, they're really upset about that. <laughs> They have, I wish I could, Shinesty, uh, Shinesty is the name of the company. I talked to the president of it, and he goes, uh, he's like, uh, he's like, he can't text me all the time. He's like, dude, consider coming back. We'll give you a portion of the company. They have suits that are NFL logos covered in the NFL logos. So if you're a Raiders fan, it's little Raiders logos all over the suit. And I go, God, that's ex- that must be expensive. How do you get the NFL to, to sign off on it? Yeah. I go, Why? Do we need to? And I was like, they're being the most ambitious <laughs> company in the world. It's like them and Scientologists. Yeah, know? I was like, but the, but I love that energy. They're like, fuck, we're out of order. Who does this shit? And then and I, that energy, I kind of dug. So this one thing I'm doing that I'm releasing Mother's Day is going to, it's, it's kind of like that. It's not finished yet, but yeah, I just wanted to like podcast, stand up, do some videos, put them online. Um, so you got to create content, man. Yeah. We're in the, or the age of, of, you have to self-generate. And yeah. also, once you get a following like you've got, I mean, it's you know uh, more power to you that you're recognizing that and, and continuing to give. You don't have to be a YouTube vlogger that's doing shit every fucking day. But we almost kind of are with stand-up podcasts, videos like that. You, There is, I think, a responsibility now to, you know, and I'm not like snapping enough or, or insta-storing enough, but I still am like, I'm going to post one thing on, on Facebook or Instagram, some video or some picture, aside from the podcast or stand-up a day, because... Yeah. Yeah. You have to consistency is important, and I I implore all of our listeners to follow you on Instagram, Bert. Yeah, because by the way, look and, up that Speedo video. Yeah. It's probably on your Facebook or YouTube or and something. Speedo's on my on top of my Twitter. Okay, yeah. good. And uh, watch your Instagram stories. I cried. There, there was one you did a few weeks ago in uh, Nebraska where you burst 
into the condo oh, where yeah. the host and the feature were staying. You were like, who fucked my wife? Yeah. Somebody here fucked my yeah. wife. <laughs> and what? they fucking freaked. It was so funny. Yeah, it was, it was, because uh, you're hoping they're with, they were there with a girl. Yeah, And they're yeah, just yeah. like, oh shit, man. <laughs> the comment from last week is the husband's here. He's going to fucking kill us. Yeah, yeah. yeah those, those, uh, <laughs> Being on the road with other comics, too, is really inspiring, because you get to, like, I love that. I, I used to never take anyone on the road, because I, I always wanted to support local comedy. Yeah. But then, part of me is like, fuck it, I, you can get a lot more done. Yeah. But yeah, podcast once a week. I try to put out Instagrams. And by, by the way, I like now, the way I do Instagrams, and I, I would implore everyone to do that, if you have a video you want to shoot, shoot it on your camera, then, then share it to your computer and edit it. Put a little music to it. Step it up just a tad bit, like a five-minute edit on a video. Yeah. will really add a lot of production value. It's the one I did with when Segura and I were dead. The biggest thing that ever happened in my career. I've been on television for seven years. I've been on Letterman. I've been on Conan. I have a podcast. The biggest thing I've ever done, ever in my career, is that weight loss challenge with Tom Segura. Thomas, man. Dude, that's the biggest. That's um, Are you on? Do you, are you familiar with Google Trends? Uh, uh, I heard you talk about it on your podcast, I think, about looking me. up your Google Dude, Trends. I'm obsessed with it. Is that it's basically... It basically can tell you how you're doing in your career. Hmm. It's, a, it's a direct reflection of how your career is doing, when it was at its height. I've and never looked me up. Can we look me up? Yeah, we'll do it. We'll do it right now. Oh, man. So, so um, God damn it. I hate my alerts on my phone. So you go Google my phone. I type it in so much. My phone's like, so at the time I had a sitcom deal. Uh, I was getting ready to do Conan. My hour special came out. And, my, and my managers were like, no, not really. I was kind of in a little bit of Oh shit! Yeah, but just because uh, my deal with Travel Channel had ended, my wife wanted me to get a vasectomy. We were renovating my house. I did my road Fuck. dates. I wasn't selling tickets. A lot of stuff. So, do you ever think about that real quick? By the way, like that time, like how how far you've come, and just sticking with it, and not like, or, or once you get through a, a tough patch like that, do you just do you not reflect on on no, things? I think about it hardcore. Yeah, I, I always call them salad days because it's a beginning of something new, and like just like you get a salad at a restaurant, it's not my term. I'm sure. Someone else smarter thought of it. But I think of salad days, and it was like, at that time, I ended up getting sick, uh, like really sick, bad chest infection. I was on the Funnier Die Tour, and they canceled 12 dates. They were all my dates that they canceled. Ugh. So I had no dates to do. Yeah. Uh, I have a deal with a sitcom, but it's been and going. We've been working on it for like a year, and we just can't get the traction with the right writer. And, and the writer's not working out at the time, and uh, and I'm not selling tickets. I'm not, I don't even have shows. I just got out of my co- Travel Channel contract, which is you know, like a morning of... That every year at that time I'd get a phone call going, name 13 places in the world you want to go. And so and so Tom starts his fat shaming campaign. Doug Benson and I get into a fight on one of his podcasts that's like really real and, and co- is like one of those things like, fuck, people might stop liking me as a, like, might stop liking me. Or Doug, and both of us are concerned about that. Tom's fat shaming me. It's getting over the top. And I'm like, and Tom's like, we should really do this weight loss challenge against Ari. And we need to kill it. Like, you need to focus. And I was like, no, yeah, you're right. So I put everything on the back, everything on the back burner and just became obsessive compulsive. I'd run nine miles a day. I'd, just, I'd, be, I'd get online. I'd work. I'd try to work a little bit, but I'd eat really lean. I'd white walk everywhere. And at one point, my managers called my wife and they're like, we need to have an intervention with Bert. He is ignoring everything that's important and just focusing on this weight loss challenge. And Leanne's like, oh, you don't know Bert. If he's not inspired to do something, he's not doing it. And he is—he has his mind on this prize. Now I will show you. I will show you my career. I'll show you the past. Five, I'll show you. I'll show you the past, more than the past five years. I'll show you 2004 to the present. Okay, and you can see this on my Google Trends. And and there's one period that is 
the day Tom and I did Rogan to do this weight loss challenge, the culmination of this two-month online hazing campaign that we have been a part of. So you built up to it. And then we did Rogan two days in a row. And try to guess where on this scale is that day. <laughs> right? Oh, my oh shit. God. It's yeah. the best thing I have ever Oh my done god. In my entire Spike career. to 100. So now now let's get let's get to let's let's put it in perspective. That leading up time, low self-esteem, mm-hmm. my act's kind of shit. I just did an hour after write all new material, I'm bombing on stage. Like I'm I'm all I'm focused on this weight loss challenge. And then you look at it, you go, all those times I did Letterman, all those times I did television, all the times I did yeah. Rachel Ray, nothing compared to something really organic that was out of two friends fucking with each other online that we enjoyed and that inspired us. And then, and then this is the real kicker, is I'm, a, I'm 260 when this weight loss challenge starts. Mm-hmm. I drop 40 fucking pounds and I get to do it and everyone just goes, oh, when you lose weight, you're not funny anymore. <clears throat> I get to do it in a way where everyone goes, hey man, we're proud of you. Yeah. Congratulations for working hard and getting this done because we followed this journey. The rock hit me up. I mean, it got it was the biggest thing I've ever done. And, but one of the things I learned out of it was my Instagram. I, I increased my Instagram by 85,000 people during this period because I was editing videos. I'd just take a video of me working out. I'd use shoot it with my phone. I'd upload all the clips into my iMovie. I'd just shorten them up, sizzle it up, put some music to it, and then post it. And it was like, it was like people were digging it. And, and I slacked off a little from that. After I lost the weight, I was like, I didn't know what I wanted to talk about. And then I just was like, oh, just make it organic. Whatever you're interested in. Like, I got into the, this is the other thing I believe in. This is, by the way, this is Bert Kreischer's fucking business 101 speech. I believe you do shit that inspires you. I told Joey Diaz, I was doing your podcast this morning. He was like, oh, look at you, big dog. He was like, fuck oh, yeah. He was like, shut up, tell him I said hi. So, oh, like, nice. so like but like, I if you listen to me on this podcast, you know that clearly this is an inspired conversation. I've not been not part of this conversation at one point. Yeah. It's because I love what you guys do, and I love and I, I love both you guys, and, and I think that connects. I love the TV, the the um, the the show Hot Ones on YouTube. Yeah. And so I reached out, can I be on Hot Ones, please? And and they're like, yeah, we'd love to have you on. I reach out and I go, I'm just gonna do the shit I did, yeah. and then people find me. So many people go, oh, I saw the Speedo video, I saw the Machine video, I saw you on Hot Ones. I heard you on this podcast. I heard you know. Like, all the stuff that you wanted to do that you're passionate about rather than you reaching and trying to like come into people that aren't really necessarily willing to let you in and, and, and try and try to grab them you're just going after the like-minded people that it's exactly it's yeah. exactly right. like when I did Letterman it was really great but but like his fans were like who's this guy now imagine if imagine if I had come at it and I was a fan of Letterman but like Jesus and Miro do you know who they are mm. okay well guys this is my point to you Get on Jesus and Miro. They are probably one of the best TV shows on TV, and it is easily one of the most watchable things on the internet ever. Their celebrity interviews are fucking phenomenal. That's not Vice Channel, is it? It's Viceland. Oh, okay. I do know those guys. My buddy's got a show coming out on there with James Vanderbeek. That's going to be a fucking... um, So I I get on Jesus and Miro. I watch one thing they do that makes me laugh, and I start getting on... It's a talk show? Yeah, it's a talk show. Two black dudes. Well, I mean, yeah, one's Dominican, but, but I think he calls himself black. And so... And so I start watching it, and then I'm like, fuck it. I'm a, I'm a legit fan. I'm a fan. Put me into a place where I'm a fan. Because then all my fans go, well, shit, I know that I like what Burt likes. Like Hot Ones. I introduced a lot of people to Hot Ones, but I also got a lot of people from Hot Ones that were like, yeah. shit, Burt likes Hot Ones. I like Burt. And so I was like, fuck, just Rogan. Dude, I was a fucking massive Rogan fan before I did Rogan. The first time I met Rogan, I was like, dude, I'm going to have to fanboy out, just like I did with Brian Regan. I was like, I need to see your dogs. I need to see your deprivation <laughs> tank. I want to get high, and let's go. And he was like, okay. 
Not, by the way, not advisable if that's what, don't ever meet Rogan that way. I would never, <laughs> like, I don't You had a little bit of rapport built up. <laughs> no, I had none. I did, he had hit me up and he was like, let's oh, really? go podcast. But I think nobody does that, by the way. So to have the chutzpah to fucking be like, yo, man, I love your shit and this is what I want, like, let's nobody. Go, let's go back to Adam Devine, okay? Let's go back to Adam Devine. There are people in this business, probably New York comics, I'm not shitting on New York comics that are like, oh, fuck that guy. Yeah. There probably are. But look, I, when I come at him, I come at him as like, dude, like when I saw him the other day, I was like, or when we were in uh, what, Spokane. Spokane, I was like, I was like, I got to be honest, man, it's so much fun because my daughters love Pitch Perfect. Yeah. I go, it's so much fun watching that movie because you're in it. I was like, I'm so happy for your career. And then you think like, like who gives a shit about anything? But then like there, there are people that don't look at that like that. They go, oh, fuck that guy. Oh, yeah. I should yeah. be doing that. I should be doing theaters. I'm funnier. No, that's not how that works. Jesus and Miro. Oh, I wanted a late night talk show. I should have been the guy that did. No, they just did it, and it's fucking good. Yeah, I'll put it out there. If you guys know them, get me on their show. I, I hit my agents up. They're like, we don't even know who they are. I'm like, yeah, well, get to know them because millions of subscribers or what? Uh, not really, not right, really. Just like, good. Got, dude, I'm telling you. But you're right, though, man. Like, and this is how you build an. There's so many now platforms. To, to gain followers and, and, and build an audience. Dude, the, and the, why wouldn't you want to cross it up all the time? The uh, 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 I run into Dave Anthony at a meeting, and I said, you know, I'm meaning to listen to your podcast. Where, what's a good jumping off one? The dollop, his name is podcast. And he yeah. tells me, and I go, oh, cool, I listen to it. Now, I, I didn't do this on purpose. I, now I wish I had, but I listen to it, and it's good. Over New Year's Eve, I, it's good. I'm listening to it, and I go, fuck. So I do the next podcast, and I end up bringing it up on the podcast wherever I'm talking to. I'm like, dude, if you listen to the dollop, it's fucking awesome. Listen to this episode. And then I start listening to more episodes, and I keep bringing it up. So I'm listening in, I'm into it, and then but and then I get them on my podcast, and my numbers were the highest numbers I've ever had for my podcast ever. Because wow. like an idiot, I didn't realize it. I've been promoting these guys week after week after week. Yeah, I'll tell you another great podcast, All Fantasy Everything with Ian Carmel. Such a good fucking podcast. And realize how big of a sports guy he was. No, no, it's it's not it's not sports. It's not. No. Oh my god. But he is a sports guy. I don't even know. <laughs> I don't even know. But it's just a good podcast. All it is is it, it's him and like two other guys usually, and uh, and they draft things out of out of nothing. So they're like, all right, today's po- today's topic is Taco Bell. Who's your first pick? And they're like, oh, Mexican pizza. Mexican pizza. <laughs> and so the Mexican pizza is off the, off the chart. So it's a yeah. fantasy draft of like, they go malls. Oh, you've got to have a FUBU store. <laughs> like, Dude, what a great It's a great theme. It's, yeah, but it's yeah. really fun because they take it seriously, but it's a joke. Yes. It's like, a, it's yeah. really fun. So then you just go, oh, I just promote shit I like and then try to get on shit I like. Mm-hmm. And then hopefully you find fans that way. Like, why not? That's what happened with me and Rogan is I was a fan of that shit. Yeah. And then, and then you do it and you don't come at it like like half ass, you know. Like I'm sure you got guests on here that you get from your agency, and you're like, oh, cool. I'm glad you have something to promote. All we got you here is for an hour. Oh, that's. I mean, I would say yeah, but no, we. Yeah, I we book everything. Yeah, we get. Yeah, we we, we we make we go through my list. You can find out who they are quick. <laughs> I mean, we well, forty five minutes. <laughs> we've had some of it, but we. I mean, it's just I don't know, you know, and that is. Look, I, I think it's that there's probably some people we're missing out on by not doing that, but no, you're not. We like to just you're not. You know. they have something. To, so a lot of times when they have something to promote, unless it's a comic, like if a comic's promoting special, I always yeah. like any comic that hits me, I'm like, dude, I got a special. I got a totally. I got a, something. I always, I go always because I know that feeling. Yeah, and I know the feeling when you. I'm not gonna say that, but I know the feeling when you ask someone, they're like, of course, and then they bail on you. Yeah, yeah. They're like, man, you know how it, you know what it's like. Yeah, right. And so, uh, 
but yeah, like comics, I always try to do any comic that has something I go, yeah. Like yeah, Mark Norman's special yeah. airing yeah. Friday on Comedy Central. Uh, two things I want to talk about before we wrap up. And thank you for making time. This has been unfucking. Dude, I've been wanting yeah. to do this for a long uh, time. It, uh, We've been going back and forth yeah, about this. Yeah, but it happens when it's supposed to happen. And yeah. it's like, you know, you never want to do it when it's rushed or not in the right space. Um, can you do like 10 more minutes? Yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Goddamn Comedy Jam and Australia. We just want to talk about that's coming up for you, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which yeah. one do you want to talk about first? Josh, I mean, Josh Adam Myers was just on the podcast, and he and he was like watching you and Scott Stapp was he said maybe the like greatest favorite, moment yeah. he's ever had in his life. Yeah, right? and and when he and he, and when he saw like to to try to quote him when he was backstage, and you know you know his backstory with Angela Bowers and the creation of the show. No. Angela Bowers uh, was an amazing comic, uh, and um, passed away. So he got oh, hit, oh hit, Angelo. Oh, yeah, I said Trump. Angelo. Yeah, I know Angelo. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he was sent. You know the, how, how much of his involvement in the show and the reason for it, and 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 just him, Josh being backstage and watching you and Scott Stapp, and that moment, and him just like he had this like outer body like feeling Angel like it was unbelievable, and. Um, I mean, for those of you who haven't seen that moment, it's on ComedyCentral.com on demand. Uh, Comedy Jam. How did that come together? Um, so, I mean, I'll take it from the beginning of this. When he, when I heard he had the show, Ryan Sickler told me about yeah. it. And he was like, dude, you got to do it. Burr does it all the time. You'd be perfect. And I, was, and I told him about, I was in a band in college, and, uh, and I kicked out the lead guitarist because he was better than all of us. And then he was fucking lost his shit. I was like, I'm the best guy in the band. I'm like, no, you're the best guy not in the band. <laughs> and he's like, you'll see, I'll start a band 10 times better than yeah. you. And then he formed Creed. And so... <laughs> that never happens, by the way. <laughs> never happens. Like, say the name of the band because it was awesome. Giving out spankings. <laughs> <laughs> Will they ever reunite? Oh, hold on. Oh my <laughs> God! So, uh, so, <laughs> so, I tell, I tell Ryan that story. He's like, you got to do it. Do it in Montreal one year. So this is like the one Montreal I go and I'm really out of control all, all year. I mean, I had, oh, I had, I had great sets. Mm-hmm. But I had not, nothing, no responsibility sets. Like, just great sets. And then... Uh, Fun hangs. And, and party. Really yeah. hard. I think I was at that Montreal with I you. I think you were. Yeah. I think you were wearing a fucking fedora. <laughs> Ralphie was there. <laughs> yep. Like, it was a really out of control Montreal. Yeah, it was. So D'Elia goes up, and I see D'Elia do it. And D'Elia is like, what's crazy is D'Elia is, is, if anything, I mean, he's a great joke writer, but he is definitely a fun guy to watch perform. Totally. Like, he is really owns a stage. Yeah. I watch him a lot of times, and I go, I'm barely fucking moving. And D'Elia does it, and he sings, but he, I, I, I remember seeing going, man, he did it. Like, he... You'd think he would really go harder in the singing. Yeah. And, 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 but he, his sound was great. But he, he did, did uh, Kiss from a Rose by Seal. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I did the thing, and I just, and I literally dumped everything into his. I'd already done doing all my shows. I lost my voice. Mm-hmm. I fucking shirts off. And I tell the story. I don't even do stand up. I just tell the story of how, what happened to my band, and then we get to, and I sing Higher by Creed. And it goes great. Ari's like, dude, you got to do that again. Yeah. So then I fall in love with the show. Josh hits me up another time. He's like, you got to do it again. I'm like, fuck it. Uh, Scott Weiland just died. I'm coming in in leather chaps with a with an American flag thong, and I'm singing Plush by, by Stone Temple Pilots. That goes great. We go to the next one, and I'm like, i got to step it up again. So I go, we're doing Red Hot Chili Peppers. We're going Sock Cox. Oh, my God. So we go in the Roxy. By the way, this is one of the most beautiful moments of my life. In the Roxy, trying to get my dick and balls, which are freezing and hiding because I'm in flight mode, into a sock and then keep it there. Right. And Bill Burr and Margaret Cho are just staring at me. 
And Bill goes, Bill goes, don't ever tell me you're not closing the fucking show. <laughs> Who the fuck can follow this? We go up. We destroy. Oh, yeah. The whole band gets in sock cocks. It is what? fucking... The whole band gets in sock cocks. Oh, yeah. And Josh... And we. it is one of my favorite moments on stage. So then they get the TV show. And uh, and Josh is immediately like, you're on it. And, and I'll be very fair and honest. I think everyone except for Josh uh, and, the, and the brothers, the brothers that produce it, and, and Sickler... Um, the Duffy Brothers, everyone except for those probably four people is like no, yeah. Bird's not a name. Sickler was telling me that. There's yes. no one. No one wants Bird on. And then he's like, they're like, yeah, but he's got a great story. And they're like, we don't give a fuck. He's not a name. He's not a draw. Great. We want celebrities. And we're man. I would say. I would say to their. If I'm speaking candidly, I would say a little bit to their detriment. I would just rather see only comics. Because only yeah. comics really do kill it, and that's where and the show. They know how to tell stories. So the show was created yeah. by yeah. and on. You know, and we don't have actresses come on the show. I mean, and it's just it's just comics, and that's why it's good. Is because you watch comics tell a story, and we're really good at telling stories. It's what we do for a living, yeah. and the story sells the song. Yep, absolutely. And so and you can tell when a celebrity goes on, and it's a long-winded song, and they've chopped it up, the story up to make it, and it doesn't make sense anymore. Yeah. So, for, uh, Josh Adam Myers, Ryan Sickler, and the Duffer Brothers go literally go to the map for me. And by the way, this is all behind my back. I don't know any of this. They're like, Bert's going on the show. And so I get a phone call. You got an offer. By the way, I didn't even know we were getting paid money. Like, I, I thought we were doing it for free. Because I was like, at one point, I was like, I'll just back out. They're like, hold on, it's a lot of money. And I was like, oh, shit, we're getting paid. Oh, shit. And then I was like, oh, shit, I'm definitely not backing out. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so we go in, and, and they all tell me, listen, just so you know, everyone, you're going to get a hard time because no one wanted you here. But don't fucking trust us. Trust us with this. Automatically, like Bert's on a name, we need a celebrity to be on stage with them. We're gonna get the guitarist Mark Tremonti. They call Mark Tremonti. Mark Tremonti says, "I don't. I know who this guy is. I don't know what story he's telling. I've never heard of him. I was in a fraternity. I went to Auburn. Uh, and 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 quite honestly, I, I I mean maybe I'll do it, but I'm only doing it to promote my tour. Mm-hmm. And and they call me and they like so call basically not not the people we mentioned, but other people are like you're a liar. And I go hold on. By the way, it's like. I want to say it's right around Christmas. Someone's my dad in the car, and I go, "I'm not a liar." Like yeah. I know that there's a. I go, "There's other people that were in the band," and then I said to them, "I go, you know what? Fuck it. If you don't want to do it, we'll get my other guitarist, John Dacre, the guy who's in the band. I'll tell the story. We'll bring him out. We'll corroborate the story, and then I'll play with I'll play with my old guitarist, yeah. who's who's now in yeah. sales at fucking First Financial." And they're like, "Okay, get John Dacre on," and then, and then they're like, "Can we reach out to Scott Stapp?" And I I know Scott has had some troubles, and I'm like, I don't know how this is gonna be. Yeah. And, I, and then they immediately go, we got Scott, we got Scott Stapp. And I was like, holy shit. This is the most vindicating part of it. So we go downstairs, and we're there. Scott Stapp shows up. I'm with my guitarist from my band, who remembers the story just like I do. Like we, yeah. like Mark Trotty was in our fraternity. I gave him his nickname. He was in our band. Give it up, Spangles. We kicked him out. He phoned free. <laughs> the first show they played at was at the mill, and we were there. We were there because it was our competition. Yeah. It was at the mill. They pulled out five tables, set up a band in the middle of the mill. This is the true story. Truths never veer. The truth never veers. You tell the same facts every fucking time because right. you were there. Yeah. We see Scott Stapp, and I go, hey, man, I really appreciate you doing this. I go, he goes, so what, what's this story? And I go, well, I go, listen, man. I go, Mark has said it's not true. But, like, I go, we were in a band in college. Mark was in our fraternity. And, and like, there's people around. Yeah. And, and then I go, Mark said he was in a fraternity. And Scott goes, he was an ATO. And I was like, yeah, we were ATOs. And he's like, yeah, he was an ATO. And we said, we said he went to Auburn. He goes, yeah, I went to Auburn for, like, a year. But he 
went to Florida State. That's where I fucking met him. Yeah. And we were like, oh, my God, thank you. <laughs> thank you, Scott. And, and, and he basically corroborated all our facts. And the story, like, going, like, he, like, he didn't remember the name of the band or if Mark was in another band. He's like, hey, jam with other people. But, like, yeah. And we go, he goes, our first gig was at the mill. And we were like, we were there. And he was like, corroborated everything. He is the coolest fucking guy. He was the sweetest guy. Stone sober at one point. I'm like, Jim Brewer and I are going to get high and go to the store. You want to go? And he's like, gentlemen, I'm going to have to pass. And we were like, okay. <laughs> And so, but the coolest fucking guy, and he goes up, and he, he did the smartest thing. He goes, he, I, he realizes it's a comedy show, so he's like, I think it would be fun. They wanted me to lead off singing, and then Scott to come in and walk on stage. He goes, Scott goes, I think it's better if you bring me out, and I start the song, and then you come in after me. I go, really? And he goes, yeah, I've listened to the two of us. I think it would really work better that way. I don't realize what he knows is that I can't sing at all. <laughs> and he is going to destroy a crowd, and then I'm going to come in, and it'll be fucking hilarious. Yeah. Right. So sure enough, he kicks it up. We're free at all. Oh, yeah. Right. And he sounds incredible. Sounds amazing. Yeah. He, and you feel that energy that a rock star emits to its fans. Yeah. That sexual energy back and forth. Yeah. I only know what it's like to be, to like have a good set. Yeah. You're feeling a rock star hit them with fucking vibes, and it's coming back to the stage. You're like, whoa, this is different than stand-up. I've never yeah. felt this before. Yeah. And then he sings the part, and then he looks at me, and I'm like, when dreaming. Yeah. And, and the front row goes, oh. <laughs> and we get done, and uh. Scott Stapp's like, we are giving out spankings or, or, or yeah. something. Yeah. And, and I start stomping, or I'm getting chill bumps telling you about it. I start stomping <laughs> around the stage in a yeah. real guttural, like, Yes! Yeah. Yes! Like, um, and, this and, is what my dream was. And the crowd's chanting, Burt! Burt! Oh Bert, my god. Bert. I get off stage and I can't turn, I'm getting chill bumps telling you about this. I can't turn it off. Scott's back there and he's beaming. He's like, he's like, fuck, I fuck? hug him and he's like, dude! And, and it is the best feeling. And then I was like, I was like, this is the greatest moment I've ever had! This is the best moment I've ever had on stage! They film it and it comes out even better than it, and it was like amazing. So good that Scott starts texting me and he goes, dude, I just watched our episode they sent me a cut it's amazing man this is fucking awesome and then he's like thanks for including me and then i'm like dude i'm in nashville in two weeks come party or hang you know yeah, yeah, yeah. And so he comes to my show i go out on stage in nashville at zany's to, to hire and i just sing the whole fucking song to open the show yeah. i sing the whole fucking song <laughs> no one knows scott stabs in the room i'm just singing higher <laughs> he is the coolest fucking guy the That's coolest so guy and it was like one of those and dude the look on the Duffies and Sickler and Josh Myers when I got done to my story would be like two minute story. My story was two minutes, beginning, middle, and end. My my, play, my thing was perfect. We got done, and they were like, the look on their eyes were like, you didn't let us down. Like you know what yeah, I mean? Because you vindicated them. I, it was the greatest single experience. I so awesome. the best experience I've ever had working with Comedy Central ever in my life. Ever, 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 ever. And like it revitalized hope in me in Comedy Central. Oh, like, good. like you're like, oh, this is part of your family. You've been working with them. Yeah. Your whole yeah. we always work back and forth forth with them. It was fucking great. There was a moment where oh, you where you walked where you basically aligned yourself with him and you were almost like checking in with him to mirror his like the way he was just positioning himself and singing and like that was to me that was fucking so beautiful because it was just like you guys were just syncing up like that. Like, it was oh. like comedy and rock star just fucking it like was intertwining. So great! I wanted to bring him on stage when I did stand up, but yeah. I didn't want to. I was like, you know what? He doesn't. He had the moment. He he really does like his privacy. Oh like, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, so that was he, a big deal for him. Yeah. Oh, he came out and sat down. Like I guess people were taking pictures of him. Because uh, yeah. he definitely looks like Scott Stapp. <laughs> <laughs> now, will you, does this become like a story that you can? I, I, I mean, not. no. 
Uh, I mean, I, wrote, I, I don't think so. Yeah. I mean, I, I just, I like, I like texting back and forth with him because he's re- he is really grounded. He's got through a lot of shit. Yeah. 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 He was, uh, he was sort of a punchline for a while. Yeah. And and, and part of me goes, I, uh, like, you know, it's so funny when that episode came out, I was getting a lot of positive feedback mm-hmm. on, on Twitter and I was like, oh, this is badass. And I'm like, oh, I love this. I love this feeling. And then I start like flipping through and I go, I text Scott and I go, man, people are loving this. I put it on Instagram and I had like. 59,000 views, and he's like, I go, people are really loving this. He's like, yeah, I stay off, away from that. And I was like, you should check it out. He was like, I think I'll, I'll pass. And then I was like, mm-hmm. why? And then I Google his name yeah. and on Twitter. I look up his name, and it's like, some people are being really nasty. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what I was like, what did he do? What, like, what did he do other than do something cool and, like, be on Comedy Central and be like, yeah. let's have a good time. Like, yeah. What did he, why is he pissing you off? Right. But, his ex- yeah, his his mere existence of doing something that he's really fucking good at doing. Yeah, and and you're like, it just was. He was cool to a comic that you like. Yeah, like why why go Bert? Why would you do this, Bert? And you're like, because he's a nice guy. Right. And, and by the way, if he showed up at a bar, walked up to you, and was like, hey, let me get you a drink. You'd be like, oh my god, it's good snap. No shit. Yeah, totally. It's fucking crazy. But yeah, yeah that was great. Um, so, yeah, uh, and then you're about to go on tour. Uh, you're about to go to Australia. Yeah, Australia. And and now, have you been there on? To do stand up, yeah. Never to do stand up. Oh my god. Why? Have you guys? No, I just feel like they're gonna, it's gonna be unbelievable. Yeah. Now, have you been there for like the tra- like the travel channel? Yeah, shows? I've been there for travel channel. And okay. it's, I love Australia. Do you know that you have a uh, fan base that, I mean, is it like. So, I, you know, I think the one thing that I mean. They love American comedy. Uh, I, I, I don't know anything about any yeah, of that. Okay. I know they like Eddie F, which makes me nervous. No. <laughs> By the we way, lo- we love you, Eddie. I love I love fucking around with Eddie F yeah. more than anyone because he gets to him. <laughs> he's such a fucking great guy. Yeah. He really I've known him I've known him eighteen years. Wow. Yeah, yeah I've known him. But I, when I started, he's one of the guys that was me, him, Steve Byrne that was bumping around. Nice. And so, um, but no, if I figure if they like Eddie, they'll get me. Like it's the same genre of yeah. stand up storytelling. They love workaholics. Do they really? Yeah. And so I, 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 I did, like at the very beginning of the year, we'd go to London and I was like, I should turn with the family. And I said, I should definitely do some shows so I can expense this. And then, I don't know if that's illegal to say out loud, but so I, was oh, like, yeah. so I was like, I'll do a show and it sold out really quick. And I was like, oh, you forget that like your numbers may not be as big as they are in, in the United States, but it's not as big as the United States. And then I was yeah. like, "Oh shit!" It was all podcast fans, all Rogan fans, all podcast fans. Wow. And I was like, "I was like, oh shit!" You hadn't even tried to track your following in overseas or anything. Never. I just, I was like, it didn't matter to me because I didn't want to go there. That's insane. I, I had no interest, and I, I sold out. I sold out like no fucking. Time. What was the venue like? Uh, small, really small, but but like it sold out immediately. And I was. They like, have so many great venues there, though, for shows was, and stand up. Yeah. It's called the Bill Cause, not the Bill Cosby. <laughs> the Bill Murray. The Bill. It's Murray. real dark. The Bill Murray. Everyone falls asleep, <laughs> and so. And so, <laughs> and so, so I said immediately. We were like, we misjudge this. We need to do a bigger venue. And then I was like, and then they were like, you should sign line up some press. And my wife's like, no, 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 no. He's gonna be fine. That's what he's doing. If you want him to come back, he'll come back. And then we started getting offers from them to come back. And then uh, I, I want to say I'm doing it with just for laughs. I'm doing mm-hmm. a little festival. Yeah. But they were like, hey, do you want to do Australia? And Seguro is there. Seguro is like Seguro is kind of my. He's my best friend, but he's also the guy that gives me like a a read. He's like, dude, I'm doing like a ten thousand seater, not that not that big, but yeah. like gave me like yeah. a number of what he's doing. He's like, you can definitely do this. And then I was like, okay, so I I said I'll do it. So 
It's a great deal. They fly you over. They fly you over, which is, that's the hardest part. Yep. Sure. They fly you over. You do a couple theaters. You can walk with some money. And then they fly you back. And I was like, I was like, I'm in. I've always wanted to do Australia. And so it's going to be fun. It'll be interesting because I'm not good at changing my act to make it fit. Yeah. Like I, I still tell it. Like I have a joke about getting a hand job, and my wife was making eye contact with me. I was like, "You're staring at me like I work at the DMV, and we skipped over your number." But, but I never take DMV out of it. I never ask what their thing is. But you know, oh, yeah. at, at the same time, comedy is all rhythm, and you, and you're so such a passionate storyteller and yeah. joke teller that I'm I'm sure that, that they're not thinking like, "Wait, what's the DMV?" Like you, 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 like I've. I've laughed at comics speaking Spanish when I don't know what they're saying. Oh, I have. There's a, there was a, a show in the store the other day where there was all Spanish. Yeah. And I, and I was like, I was in my head, I was like, shut up, this is a thing? Like, of course it's a thing. Yeah. Like, and I, I was in there and I was like, when they laugh, I go, ah. Like, I, when I did South Africa, I did I had a joke about my wife giving birth. And I didn't know that in South Africa, no one gives natural childbirth. So this sounds like a fucking horror story to them, and I never change the whole thing. <laughs> I'm like, Dad, you gave her a episiotomy. That's when they turn her taint into a tizzin, and everyone's like, what the fuck? <laughs> I'm like, why would they just cut it out of her like a regular human being? <laughs> and, then like, and then I was like, and then one time she tore, and they're like, I never, I never thought to change it. Oh, I was amazing. like, "Yeah." Are you going to? Are you going to allow yourself to party with the? Oh, I mean, yeah. I mean, I mean talk about a party talk, country. You're, you're talking to the machine, Adam. Dude, that, that's my only problem with these international tours. Is I do get off the rails. Mm-hmm. I do get off the rails on like a monument because there's jet lag involved. Come on, like I'm going to go. I already it's tell. I already told them. mentality. Yeah, yeah. I, I go. Hey, uh, it's like it's like Nashville. We did the uh, Wild West Comedy Festival. It's like what comics are on it. And they're like, then they tell you, and you're like, okay, I'm in. Yeah. And so with this, I'm like, hey, what other? It's, I think it's just me doing venues. But I was like, what other comics can I see there? Yeah. Yeah. Because if it's other guys, then you go, oh, this is worth it, mm-hmm. you know. But Segura is just doing his own tour, like just by himself, doing like fucking nine cities in Australia. Jesus. But uh, are you gonna seek out some animal adventure stuff? No. <laughs> Australia's the most dangerous place in the fucking yeah, world. Yeah, there's so many, really? there's so many animals there that can kill like, you. Nine, what? Nine of the most poisonous snakes yeah. all live there. Ten of the most poisonous spiders. Crocodiles, yeah. dude. There's. We were at a beach and they were like, "Don't walk on the beach at night." And we're like, "Why?" And they go, "Crocodiles just eat you." Yeah. You walk it, by and you think insane. it's a log, and it's just a crocodile that just eats you whole. Dude, this guy told me a story about. This is why, by the way, the Australian comedy festivals are just what I was like, do not talk about this shit. <laughs> but yeah. Talk, talk about what? People getting eaten and stuff? There's a girl on a, on, a, on a dock. They're all sitting around. Having a, this guy told me this story about he's grown up. But all, they're all sitting on the dock. They're in Cairns, Australia. And they're sitting on a dock. And all of a sudden, a crocodile came from out of nowhere and took her away. And they were just sitting there talking. And then she just disappeared for the rest of her life. She was just sitting on a dock. And then just... For the rest of her life, she's gone forever. And then, yeah. And then, Wait, did they notice, or was it like a real quiet bite? No. It's like, imagine if just out of nowhere, a crocodile grabbed Brad and walked into your room with him, and we were like, I guess we'll never see Brad again. <laughs> it's a Dude, fucking, what? And then they got to go find her, and they find her in the crocodile's mouth like two days later. Oh, I'm like, I'm like, yeah. dude, they lose Germans at an astounding rate in Australia. Why does that lose just the Germans? Germans have no, they have, they have no animals, like wild animals. Like uh, so they don't know what to do. They've never heard of a crocodile eating. How do you not even hear of a crocodile? Like, because they hear it, but they, but imagine, okay, it's like, it's imagine like, growing it's like up in Iowa and never seeing an Asian person. Yeah. And then coming out here. 
than being yeah. like, oh yeah. shit, those are the Asians yeah. that eat you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, let's start this over. Imagine if Asians eat okay. <laughs> But yeah, yeah, every sign in Australia is written in German like, Das, walk the fuck away ish. <laughs> yeah. Even koalas will fuck with you. I guess oh. they have sharp koalas. Will co- oh, they will. Koalas will fight you. Yeah, they got. I would pay money to watch koala fights. I would pay a lot of money to pay to pay and watch Brad to fight a koala. I mean, I, I think that's a fair fight. We, we you realize the money if you did a show and then it was it was either pre or post show that you were going to fight a koala? Maybe they put a koala in a cage and I mean, had him hover about the stage. How has that not been a Halloween costume for once? <laughs> Koala bear or a panda. I guess panda would look too much like blackface. <laughs> no, but there's also part of me that's white. It's cool. It's uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, guys, look, I'm gonna stutter. I'm not Bismarcky. <laughs> <laughs> Holy uh, shit! I'm so glad that a thank you for staying longer. This yeah, is like dude. one of the longer podcasts. Oh, we've done. dude, this is this, this. These are my favorite podcasts. Yeah, yeah, I don't know gosh. how long we've done, but two I love, hours, man. I love when they we go do an long. hour usually, like maybe oh, hour yeah. fifteen. This, so. Because oh. it's, it's just a damn good hang, and you're yeah. an unbelievable uh, conversationalist, man. No, 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 no. It's because you guys did research. <laughs> now, at the beginning, I was like, I never. Well, did we, and we also like we hoped it, like you know, and I've listened to so many of your podcasts and just interviews, and and we don't like to repeat shit, but like you're kind of enough to like regurgitate, like yeah. oh, I, the Scott Stapp experience, dude. That's so fresh, and I know you probably talked about it a lot, but it's like no, you our list. You're, you're getting also. It's like you know our uh, our you know there's there's. You forget that there's so many fucking shows and people in the world to listen to stuff. So yeah. it's like there's a lot of people that are, you know, going to hear stuff for the first time. So yeah. uh, uh, go to your Twitter, watch the Speedo video, uh, look up the machine story, watch the special, buy your book. Oh, yeah. Life of the Party. You have a book, Life of the Party, where if you've enjoyed these stories, holy shit, I is read your a- book. Audio book, too? Oh, the audio book is, by the way, I make oh, no that. money from this, but it is a hundred times better than my book. Because I read it out loud and I can't, Perfect. I can't read it out loud well. well. You- <laughs> and then kept it all in, starting and stopping and stuttering and going, "What the fuck? <laughs> Shit!" <laughs> and then, like at one point, I start ripping up the pages. I take my pants off. I, I do. I, I didn't know that you're not supposed to do the accents of the people, so I do Patrice. But I'm like, "Hey, man!" Oh my it's god, so dude. Funny. Oh, I got I, I got to do it again. That's <laughs> so fucking funny. It's called Life of the Party. Life of the Party. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, life is a perpetual man. Show. And I got Adam. I got to get going on my podcast. I yeah. dude, I would love let's, to. Man. Let's do it. I'm home all May, so let's do it. Yeah. All right. And uh, listen to the Birdcast. You will soon hear our very own Adam Ray on there. Yeah. And, uh, dude, Bird cannot think you enough. But all your tour dates, right? where? Yeah. Uh, everything's. A, Bert, 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 com. Bert, 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 Having sex with me, I don't want to hear someone call out my name. Uh-huh. Bert, 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 Bert,
everybody, it's me, Tony Danza. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the About Last Night podcast with Brad Williams and Adam Ray. Boy, they're a lot of fun, huh? Why don't you subscribe on iTunes to this fucking podcast, give them a five-star rating so this midget and this Jew can feel good about themselves for a couple minutes. Also, get on your iPhone or Android and get the podcast app. You can also listen to it on Stitcher or aboutlastnightpodcast.com, where you can hear past episodes with great guests like Lisa Kudrow, Paul Feig, Kevin Nealon, Bob Saget, Dion Cole, Chris D'Elia, Adam Devine, Michael McDonald, Jaleel White, Bud Friedman, Steve-O, Harlan Williams, Tom Arnold, Ron Funches, Rick Glassman, Blake Anderson, Anders Holm, Jessime Peluso, Joey McIntyre, and many, many more. I'm Tony Danza. Thanks for listening to the About Last Night podcast. Good night. That's it, right? You got it? Sweet. Boy, it smells good in that booth, by the way. What kind of candle is that? Hanukkah Willow? <laughs> nice. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.